Pit Guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Colorado Land Tire and Service. What's up? Insert witty welcome comment right here, ma'am. Welcome to the show. Yes, we are back this week. Super lame witty insert comment. Hey, ma'am. It made sense in my head at the time. We have no notes, man. We never have notes. I know. What is it with you and referring to notes all the time? The, the intro is too difficult, man. Uh, I, I think this was the first episode you've ever started the intro. Well, it's because you're eating sweet tarts. Mm. <laughs> We're, uh, we, we need to get some dinner here, but I'm thinking about dinner. I keep thinking about dinner. Zach, dinner time. I keep thinking about dinner. Well, we, uh, we're recording a little different this evening. We're doing the open segment while we wait on our guests. We are going to have in-house guests for this show. That's pretty darn cool. It is. It doesn't happen a lot, but it, we suckered somebody that lived close to us to, to come, drive up. To come to our studio, right. nonetheless. Slash my garage. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've been watching some, well, not really watching. Well, should, we, should we say who we're going to have on the show? Well, we can, but I, I'm trying to I'm trying to tell something right now, a story. Okay, tell your story. So, I've been watching some YouTubers, and these, not YouTubers, sorry, podcasters, and these dudes have full-on studios with, like, little signs that say, on air. Oh, and dude, have you not seen my Christmas present? No, you got, d- dude, did you get an on-air sign? Oh, you, even better, a recording sign. My lovely wife got this for me, man. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty sweet. And uh, she said we could set it up. Oh, the light's just, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you out of bat? Are you out of batteries? Might be out of batteries. It flashed. Oh. It flashed oh. for a second. Oh, it might not be plugged in. Technical difficulties here. Anyway. Uh, so like these dudes, they got headphones on and they got like individual mics and they got a big table and they film themselves while podcasting. So I feel like we're pretty low buck compared to the rest of the world of uh, podcasts. And you know what? I'm okay with that. You know, what's crazy is, is all these podcasters that post their podcasts up on YouTube videos of the podcast. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of the podcast? To have it on video on YouTube, in my opinion, yes. But <coughs> what do I know? I'm just uh, I'm just a guy who works at a sewer plant, likes to go racing. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking for my batteries. Zach Zach has left, and he's looking for batteries, leaving me by myself and the microphone. Uh, this could be dangerous. I'm allowed to say whatever I want now because he's gone. Oh, he's back. No, we're just a bunch of amateurs here on this show, but no heavy breathing. Well, at least not at this point. We do believe that we found out the heavy breathing podcast hosts were not comments made in reference to us. Yeah, we've you've mentioned that like three times now. But I guess it's good worth mentioning again. Anyway, this has been a busy week. Uh, mm. Uh-oh. Driver difficulties. It's been a busy week. Um, it's snowed, it's been a weird week because we've gotten major snow and then also some sunny days and down at the sewer plant, my sewer plant, we were supposed to Monday have a, uh, a crew and semi truck show up to put down the, uh, the pre-stressed double T's and the, uh, pre-stressed walls for our solids handling facility and, uh, 
We have a 600 ton lifting capacity crane. The thing's freaking huge. It has 14 tires. So that was supposed to happen Monday, but because of the snow and we have like, I don't know, 12 semi-trucks that are supposed to be bringing all the concrete pieces to be set into place. Uh, all their oversized permits, because of those permits, uh, CDOT wouldn't let them drive up over the pass due to the snow. So that was uh, nixed, but hopefully tomorrow... Bingo! I guess we're recording. Recording light is on. Sorry, continue. Anyway, tomorrow they're supposed to be here finally, so that's cool. Yeah, 14 tires, you said. That's pretty nuts. And then, okay, so check this out. So we're at the sewer plant's located on County Road 57, which is this narrow, itty-bitty little county road. And the county really hasn't done anything much in the way of maintaining it this winter because, like everybody else, they're shorthanded. And just like everywhere else, you get less money or our taxes keep going up and you get less value out of those tax dollars. One would think that as services diminish, your taxes will be reduced because you're getting less, but no, they just go up. I digress. Anyway, so I'm back. We we can end this economic class. So now. there's this there's this dude ranch. It's not even a dude ranch. It's just a rich <laughs> guy who lives down the road. He bought a couple hundred acres and he calls it Antler Basin Ranch. And uh it's like a, it's like a dude, like I said. It's a mountain. It's a hill. It's a hill. But you can, it's like a VRBO. You can go stay there if you want. Anyway, there's this circuit, I don't know, an association. Rimshaw, Rocky Mountain Hill Climb Association. Yeah, snowmobilers. They like to go up hills, which seems to me pretty dumb. Because I don't like cold, I don't like snow, and I hate snowmobiles. But it's pretty nuts. If you're into it, I guess it's cool. I'm just not into it. Anyway, so that's this weekend. Um, it's a big deal. Lots of people come because they want one to spectate. And big rigs. Yeah, we're talking like toters with snowmobiles, which is ridiculous. Who drives a semi-truck for a snowmobile? I, I get it when you have like a race car, like a 4400 car or oh, something man, like that. Oh, man, their shops that they put in those trailers are nuts. For a freaking snowmobile. And they all have like four sleds for different classes. Anyway, it's kind of exactly what we do on a little bit different scale. It's I just don't like it because it's cold. <laughs> I don't like snow. So, uh, anyway, long story short, everyone shows up tomorrow. Well, also, all like 12 of my semi-trucks show up tomorrow, and they're all going to stage on the side of County Road 57, waiting for their loads to be picked. And in the meantime, you get all these guys, and they're like freaking 2022 King Ranch Edition F450s, and big rigs and toters trying to go down icy county road 57 it's going to be a cluster of clusters i guarantee you there's going to be a wreck maybe two sounds like some great youtube content i'm gonna stay far away anyway i digress that was a lot of blathering while you were trying to get your uh if you're interested look up jackson hole hill climbs jackson hole wyoming they host the World Championship Hill Climbs. It's like one of the gnarliest races they do all over YouTube. Big Is that event. Rim, Rimshaw still? Okay. That's a Rimshaw event. Okay. But, uh, yeah, those dudes, you go to Jackson Hole and race, man, you're legit. I know guys that have done it, 
and they were like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I'm, if I get halfway up, I'm good. And they don't even make it from the semi to the start gate. <laughs> like, that's how gnarly it can get some years. But And like I said, cool I, nothing against them. I just, it's not my scene because I don't like the cold anymore. I used to like it, but not my deal. I think this is my 15th winter here, and I'm getting cold. Yeah, this is my... 23rd, 22nd, 23rd winter. Speaking of cold, though, have you seen pictures of Johnson Valley this week? Oh, my gosh. Covered in snow. Dude. It was very pretty. Looked really neat. All I could think was we missed that bullet by two weeks. All I can think about is all those little freaking homesteads all all up and down the Lucerne Valley and Johnson Valley area. All those little ramshackle squatter huts. Whatever they that are. That dude with the basketball court made out of crushed cinder blocks. Yeah, all those people. Like, what are they doing with the snow? I don't think they have heaters. I don't know. Anyway. It looks pretty cool in the pictures. It does look neat. But I'm glad we're not there with snow on the ground. That seems miserable. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I know that they... I've heard that they've had that kind of weather in the past during the race. Like, just the muck. From the silt and mm. the moisture from the snow. Like, ugh. No thanks. <coughs> On that note, we did get a lot of great feedback from the episode last week where we shared our King of the Hammers 2023 experience. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about the race in general with the uh, leaders, uh, the winners, the course. Um, a lot of you guys that listened were there. You kind of know what it was. But we did have some cool winners. Um Kyle Chaney dominated again in the UTV race. Uh, no shocker there. The Miller brothers were up there. Uh, Cole Clark, I think, finished uh, on the top three for the Pro Mod class and a Polaris. So that was cool for us because we run a Polaris. It's nothing wrong with the KMs, but it's nice to see a Polaris up there once in a while. Um, but yeah, I think the UTV race, not too much of a shocker there. Um, Friday's race, our boy, our buddy, our home dog, Dwayne Garrettson, took home the 4500 race. That was pretty awesome, man, because we stopped and talked to him several times during the week, and he always seems so chill and relaxed, and uh, it was just his week, man. He had a great race and won. And then our other buddies, Jeremy Jones, Doc Jones, and uh, Dan Young, they took the overall EMC win and uh, won the 4800 race which was super cool to see those guys finish in the first spot. I know they're still kind of riding that wave. That was pretty awesome. Dang, I'd be riding that wave for freaking next hundred years. Of course, we saw the Broncos uh, dominate the stock class again, but that does not take away anything from all the other guys that that run that class. Um, So in my mind, you got inside of each class, like that – the uh, stock class. Classes yeah. in the class. You have a class within the class. You have the Bronco class, which doesn't really count. And then you have the regular class. I mean, legally it 100% counts. Well, yeah, legally it 100% counts. But at the same time, it doesn't really count <coughs> because you're like, okay, I'm going to drive this Toyota that I built and it's going to be great with my budget. And then you've got all of FOMOCO and however hundreds of millions of dollars Ford has for their race program. For the record, Hopper is a contributing financial uh, factor <laughs> as he did buy one of those 
FOMOCO hats. Which which my li- wife does not like. Oh my gosh. I it's was... a little bit of a modern hat for you, man. It's awesome. And it's blue. It's blue. Ah. It's that robin egg, like light blue. I love that light. It's the same color as your freaking no, razor. I, I totally get it, man, but so I, you're not blue, a blue hat guy. And it says Ford on the front in like old timey yeah, Ford it's font. That weird kind of style ball cap. But I love it. Forehead. And I was super excited about it because I I do But you were just complaining about Ford and their money and you did nothing but support that, man. You're an enabler for Ford. I'm not complaining, I'm just stating facts. Mm-hmm. I love the Broncos and I love what they're doing. I'm just stating different facts here. Uh we gonna fight or what? I, I'm just Because I'm about I'm about to I'm about to chew Ford out here in a second. Okay, so let's just just wait. My Hopper's Ford fanboy days are getting a little slim here. Um, I don't I don't want to de- detract from the race recap though. Like, do you want to keep talking? I mean, no, he doesn't. He was quiet. Anyway, there there were a lot of good finishers for that 4600 stock class that weren't in Broncos. Yes, yes, and still, even though I even now I'm poo pooing. Broncos a little bit here. I'm not because I would love to own one, and they are amazing machines, and the engineering behind them is outstanding. All right, but here's here's my beef with Ford. Ford, if you're listening to this, I'm sure that Ford is totally listening to this. They are, but just in case, <clears throat> JIC. All right, so we got a 2020 F350 at work, and it's got the aluminum body. Ford. Your aluminum body is straight garbage. It's trash. It is the most inconvenient pile of S-H-I-T-T that you could have come up with. I don't think I don't think people realize what a royal pain it is to try to get these aluminum Fords body work done on. There's no such thing as body work. It's body replacement. Well, and here's the thing, like for whatever reason, they can't just, like, unbolt panels and bolt them back on. Apparently, there's all sorts of welding that goes into repairing a Ford. And you can't just take your Ford into a body shop, your aluminum Ford, and be like, hey, I need you to work on this. They have to have a Ford-certified clean room. I went to all these big dealerships around the city. None of these Ford dealerships do it anymore. Oh, yeah, back in 2015, everybody was certified for Ford clean room work on the aluminum and now there's like literally four shops left on in the denver metro area and they're all booked out to like july so it's been this huge saga of trying to find somebody that's willing to work on this garbage ford aluminum body and you know what it's really put a sour taste in my mouth like if it's this hard to work on, then why do it? Like, no one, no one wants to work on these Fords. No one wants to work, man. Well, there is that. Anyway, Ford, come on, guys. Like, I've always wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to, as soon as my ship comes in, I'm going to buy the newest F-450 King Ranch Edition, blah, blah, blah. I was super excited, and now I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> So, that's my little peeve with Ford at the moment. Total tangent. And 
And I'm just a little bitter because my wife doesn't like my sweet Ford hat, which I which I love, and now I can't wear because my wife doesn't well, like it. I was going to say, I haven't seen you wearing that hat anywhere. I know, because my wife doesn't like it. And guess what? I want my wife to look at me with love and adoration in her eyes, and I already do enough other things that I need all the help I can get in that department. And I know my wife's going to listen to this, so... I apologize for anything I may or may not say coming up or have said. Megan, and I love I, you. Megan, I made fun of the hat before he even paid for it. But I don't care what We're you We're on the Zach. same page. But Zach's opinion doesn't mean yeah. much. So anyway, back to the race. 4,400, we were there all day. It was a lot of fun to be there all day for the whole race and see where guys finished and follow the storylines. So many storylines during that race because it's just so long and tough. But, uh, yeah, it was cool seeing the Gomez brothers win again. Yeah. I mean, it was close. Like, Shearer, we thought, might have it. But, uh, yeah, it was a great race. So, that's our recap. Like I said, most of you probably already know who won the race. We're certainly uh, not the sports team that's going to bring you the live finishes, right? We were a little busy that day, a little dusty. Well, when you're the pit guys, you're busy taking care of people in the pits. Or just getting forgotten about and left in the pits yeah. by yourself. Uh, we are we're a week away from the Mint 400. That's pretty exciting. Next year, maybe we ought to try to go to this Mint 400 and check it out. I'm sure we could find some teams to help out. I you think know? it'd be fun to just see a different style of race that's more desert. Um, plus, it's a big like a lot of hoopla around this race man i think they shut down the vegas strip and let a bunch of racers mm. drive their cars down the vegas strip to to old town and then they have a huge thing at fremont street and experience with vendors and autographs with drivers i mean it's a whole thing we got to do that sometime that, yeah that's on I, my short list you know there's a lot of cool desert racing don't get me wrong i love ultra four because i love the mix of rocks and, and desert and i mean that's to our some people. to some extent short course and those that's our family our race family but at the same time like you said it's kind of fun to go out there and check out other organizations and different styles of racing and someday i'd love to be able to exclusively like chase races like do stuff with racing <clears throat> but until then i'm stuck in winter hell in the Rockies, <laughs> freezing to death. Uh, hey, it could be worse. You could be one of them uh, California folk getting all the snow. Well, and here's what I keep telling myself. I Every time I start getting really annoyed with the snow, I just stop for a minute, I close my eyes, and I visualize Oklahoma in July and sweaty, muddy hopper walking around. Oh. Not muddy because it's muddy, but muddy because he's so sweaty and the dust is sticking to him. I just have, I'm instantly, I feel better about my station in life. So, there is that. <coughs> I mean, they did bump Visions up to June, man. Woo! June's going to be just as sticky. I know what the Midwest is like. It's hot yeah. and sticky. We'll see what happens when that time comes. But uh, I am looking forward to another uh, fall race at Disney. Dude, Disney. That was awesome. That was, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> That was the... See, Disney's a sucker because you're there and it's fall and the weather's super nice, That's complete opposite, you. and you're like, oh, I could move here, and then you start looking at real estate, and then you have to stop and remember, oh, wait, but there's July and August. And yeah, but then you think about living here and there's January. 
Well, it, realistically, there's like nine months of winter. Yeah, you're trading one evil for another, man. Yeah. It all depends there's on There's just less spiders like. here up in the Rockies. Less spiders. There's That's a plus. One last thing. I, I, I know you guys are probably like, ah, oh, we keep listening to Hopper complaining about stuff. Well, one last thing I got to tell you about. So, I complained about Ford earlier, okay? I was venting about Ford. Now I'm going to complain about Chevy. And just just to keep the record straight, I'm not going to complain about Mopar products. It's not even worth complaining. Dodge, Mopar is garbage. It's not even... Like, I mean, how do you complain about rust? Rust is rust. How do you complain about every electrical problem yeah. in the universe? Yeah. Like, it's just not even a discussion. Mopar can fall into a ditch and I'll shoot Lassie. Anyway, um, I was working on my Suburban this weekend, and I really, I really don't like IFS. It just, there's so many little moving parts and jingles and jangles and, like, tweakers and, like, all these little things that go in to make IFS. Granted, it is a superb ride. It is so nice and smooth on the interstate. Now, see, I disagree. If you maintain it properly... Very rarely do you have to replace all of the parts at the same time. Well, now I, you, the maintenance king, refuses to do maintenance on his suburban. Well, it's hard to do maintenance on my suburban when I buy it with two hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm pretty sure I'm the first person that's ever done maintenance to this thing. So I started tearing into the front end. I did the ball joints. I did all that jazz. I I have a nice OTC. Ball joint press. I have, you have a four-post lift. I have a lift. I've got I've got the extendo pack for my ball joint press. It has all the little cups and adapters. And I have an oversized ball joint C for stuff like Dana 60 axles and, and whatnot. But let me tell you guys, I can't afford it and I can't justify it, but Matco makes this ball joint press. Go look up Matco Part BJP one eight one zero zero. It's it's this like double action two to one whatever patented ball joint press. Oh my gosh, the thing's like seven hundred bucks, but I want one really bad. So if any of you out there want to sponsor Hopper with ball joint press and are a Matco dealer, hit me up. Maybe you should be frustrated with the previous owner of the vehicle, not Chevrolet. Oh, well, I just don't like IFS, period. Yeah, but I'm an I'm a, I'm a independent suspension fan. Well, in the future, we will solid axle swap it, and mm. but that's in mm. the future. I'm not opposed to solid axles and solid axle swaps. I will say, though, I'm getting much closer to my 4L80E swap. I'm getting all the parts accumulated. They're trickling in. So that's exciting because my the transmission in that Suburban is slipping worse and worse. Um, so maybe we should talk about something that happened today. Life changing. What? This is, this is changing my life. It's going to change your life. It's going to affect all the people around us. You ate beans. And you're going to fart. I, I did not eat beans. I, I am not a bean guy. Sorry. That's true. I am team Chip on the chili. Sorry, no Chip. No beans. Chip, I need beans in my chili. Sorry, buddy. I'm sure that Gayla Robinette makes incredible chili, 
I know she does because we had some at uh, at Hammers that they provided for us. But no beans in the chili. That is not what I'm talking about. Oh, I am you... talking about a serious what life changing moment. What is it? I have purchased. Uh oh. My first Milwaukee cordless tool. Zach. I know. Big day. Big day. Do you know how much money you owe me and you're out buying freaking tools? Well, the good news is... You that, son of a... The good news is, is that I didn't uh, have to actually pay for it. Oh, okay. I used my credit card points because oh that's what you taught me. You put it, There you go. Turns out, because I don't have a... I hardly ever use my credit card and uh-huh. I always pay it off. I had like... A ton of points. Dang. Well, good for you. I hadn't checked my credit card points in almost like 10 years. (laughs) I'm not even mad at you. Yeah. So so I guess I didn't buy. I acquired. What what did you, which tool did you get? Well, I started with the 3 eighths ratchet tool. Okay. I went with the the M12, which Uh is the 12 volt fuel, which is the heavier, dutier version, I guess, Uh is what I've learned. Uh most of you know Hopper and I are Team DeWalt. Oh yeah, have been for years, and we continue. We'll continue to. I've be. built houses with my DeWalt tools. Yep. Yep. Um, they're great. I have nothing against the DeWalt, uh, but I woke up in the middle of the night, could not sleep, was surfing through the internet, <laughs> and a Milwaukee cordless tool ad came up, and I was like, you know. I've never even really given them a chance. I'm just going to do a little bit of research and see what they've got. Holy smokes, dude. Two hours later, yeah. while still in bed, I decided it was time to pull the trigger. I'm not going to get rid of my DeWalt. No. But maybe piece by piece I might be replacing So here's where I'm at with Milwaukee. I think, it's, I think Milwaukee has a great product. I am a DeWalt guy simply because that's what, my, that's, that's what I have. And I can't afford to, like, change it out, even piece by piece. Um, and I really like some of the DeWalt stuff, like their newer Impact, the Atomic stuff of the Impact. According to Torque Channel on YouTube, is more powerful than Milwaukee's flagship Impact. Not by much, but it is. However, that I, di- I digress. Um, I will be buying some Milwaukee stuff myself. Is, what is the little batteries, the little inline So bat- that's the M12. That's M12. the 12-volt. You can buy that in a 1.5, a 2-amp, a 3-amp. So, but then when you get a little bit bigger, then it, it does start to base out kind of like the DeWalt battery. So we're at, we're at Hammers. I'm working on Rich's <clears throat> race car's chassis because we found some problems. And, um, he just needed a little rubbing. J- Jared Smith was like, here, use my stuff. And he hands me a right angle and a straight milwaukee uh die grinders two of them and i'm like oh my gosh these are like freaking like uh dremel tools on steroids or basically like your pneumatic uh die grinders without the hose and i use my die grinder quite a bit on my stuff so i will be purchasing the milwaukee die grinder set that's got the like i said the right angle and the inline however we got a race car to build, and I can't. I I gotta spend all my money on race car parts. We gotta we gotta put our motor together. We tore it apart last weekend and found out the turbo was toast. Like there's like literally like 18 feet of play inside in that uh, turbine wheel on the exhaust side, and then as well as 
well, obviously also on the compressor side. So we need a new turbo. The motor needs rebuilt. So I got to freaking pay for a race car to be rebuilt. So until that's done, <coughs> I ain't buying new tools. Yeah, so I don't think that I'm going to get rid of any of my DeWalt stuff. Yeah. And I probably won't even buy anything Milwaukee that directly replaces my DeWalt stuff because it still works really well. But just certain tools, like the uh, the imp the ratcheting wrench tool is going to be nice. Dude, the ratcheting torque wrench yeah. is freaking the, uh, bougie. They have a cool little air compressor, which DeWalt makes too. Um, but this is a little smaller, a little easier. That's cool. They just have so many more tools, I feel like, than DeWalt does. And I like the idea of going to a... 12 volt battery that's smaller and lighter more compact for some of our mechanic stuff yeah i i will i like i said you know as far as the little compressor i think the dewalt compressor is superior to the milwaukee compressor in the battery powered one um i filled my suburban tires with the dewalt compressor and it blew me away how quickly it did it and you just dial in your pressure and then you walk away and it shuts off when it gets to the yeah. prescribed pressure um, the other thing that's cool is, like, Milwaukee's got this puddle pump. It's like a vertical turbine pump. It's, it's like, three feet tall, and you can set it down in a puddle and pump a puddle out. Like, if you're working on an electrician trying to get to a meter box or something like that, you can pump it out. Or you can move your 55-gallon drum worth of water into your camper when you're doing long-term camping. Uh, Milwaukee's got a lot of great stuff. I... I really like it. Also, um, you can buy the 12 volt batteries for $32 on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, give me that all day long, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Like I said, life changing, man. I mean, I knew before, but I didn't know, I guess, how. Well, awesome and the other they were. thing is. I thought they were a little Gucci, man. Well, they are a little Gucci. The other thing is. Uh, uh, Dewalt's are a lot cheaper to replace if you lose them or get them stolen. And uh, people steal Milwaukee's at a higher I think, rate. I think that my side-by-side -side comparisons today, at least with Amazon, showed that Milwaukee's were a little bit cheaper. And they have a technology that you can actually track. On certain tools, yes. not all of them. Um, which I'm incredibly interested in because, like you said, I think, I think stealers steal anything i don't think they don't steal because it's dewalt versus milwaukee you know, i think they just steal when i steal power tools i'm trying i usually steal ryobi because <laughs> i'm dumb <laughs> who even uses ryobi 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 i mean i know we know a lot of people that probably i don't know anybody i know people who use bosch I know people who use Hilti. I mean, not cordless. in the racing world. Like some, I don't, some just normal people, you know, that maybe aren't so mechanically inclined. I don't need, no, literally, I've not met a single person that's ever used Ryobi tools. Now, I used to have some Hitachi cordless tools. That was a while ago. I, uh, I worked on a project years ago. We built almost an entire, we remodeled an entire house with one set of Makita tools. Dude! My grandpa, I still have it. My grandpa had like the first battery powered Makita drill yeah. ever. The handle was like three feet long, and it was a regular like regular drill with a three foot long handle that had this like long ass battery pack that slid into the handle. 
like talk about ghetto. I, I mean, it was groundbreaking back in 1993 or whenever my grandpa got I'm it. I'm sure all the companies were like this, but after that one remodel project, we actually sent all the Makita tools back into Makita and uh, to get them rebuilt because huh. that's what we did. Like I said, I know Milwaukee does that. I think a couple other companies do too. But Milwaukee actually called us back and they said, we're just going to send you a whole new tool set because oh. <laughs> this is just too much for... Yeah. The one problem I do have with DeWalt that kind of annoys me is that DeWalt was bought by Black & Decker. So basically all of DeWalt's are Black & Decker's. I'm not a huge fan of Black & Decker. I mean, I used have used it before and it's it's okay, but it just it doesn't inspire confidence in me like other brands. However, I will have to say that uh um I just lost my train of Doesn't thought. Doesn't Joe have a Black & Decker drill that we use? No, he... Oh, what is... Uh, Porter Cable? The white and... Porter Cable. Porter Cable. Yeah, it's like a weird... I've not met anybody who uses it. And then I got a Brad Nailer that's also Porter Cable. And then the battery died after like a year of not using it. But Amazon sells an adapter that goes, and you can use a DeWalt battery on your Porter Cable stuff. I will say the nice thing about Joe's Porter Cable drill is that it doesn't have enough power to even snap your wrist when the bit gets <laughs> caught. That's a plus, I guess. Yeah, kind of. 50-50. But, uh, safety yeah. features. Built-in safety. That's not really the drill he uses for anything. It's always just the it's only just drill the that we can find. It's just there. It's always consistently there, and so it's the one we end and up using. he must using. have, like, 18 batteries for that thing. Because it never dies. Well, it dies all the time, but there's always oh, another battery. Okay. That's what it is. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, well, that was a long tangent on cordless tools. I mean, these are important things, man, that people need to think about. I mean, these are adult problems here. Yeah, there's other por other tools out there I'd like to try, like uh, Bauer. Is that Harbor Freight? Yeah, I, I've seen some good reviews. Yeah. You know, you're you're rarely gonna hear us bash Harbor Freight on this show. You no. get what you pay for, and some of us fully embrace that. Dude, I've I've always always been a fan of Harbor Freight. How badass was my Badlands Jack at the race, Dude, man? That Badlands Jack is a game changer. And simply because there's two reasons. One, it's affordable. It's not an $800 jack. And two, it's got the lawnmower feature on it. The locking handle. So the handle locks like in the lawnmower orientation. So not you can, straight up and not straight down, but pretty much out at a 45 degree angle. Yep. And then you can wheel that sucker around wherever you want. And you know what? We're just kind of guys on budgets over here, and it's hard It's hard to justify buying a $800 ball joint press, even though we want to, or a $800 Pro Eagle, even though we want to. So guess what? We're going to use the budget OTC tools, and they're going to work just fine, and we're going to use the budget Badlands jack, and it's going to work just fine. We have sent several emails to the... Uh social department for Harbor Freight. We yeah. have been trying to get them on board. If any of you out there know somebody in corporate at Harbor Freight, you give them our phone number. We think we would be great <laughs> Harbor Freight representatives. Also, 
on that same note, I've been using gear wrench tools from the very beginning when gear wrench was like kind of like Harbor Freight-ish. They were cheap and everyone's like, mm, gear wrench. Ugh. I've been using them since the beginning. They're my favorite tools. I will consistently pick gear wrench over Snap-on or Mac or Craftsman. You have sent a few to be with the Lord. <laughs> In fact, I just did one recently. I filed a warranty claim. We'll see if they tell me to pound sand. I'm assuming they will because you're not really supposed to use a little 3 8 inch ratchet with a, a like an 18 foot cheater bar on a frozen and nut. and they you only have half of it yeah the other half's at the bottom of the digester gone forever so we'll but see not forgotten not gone but not forgotten that was a, it's got a socket with it too so i ordered a new socket but i love gear wrench i've asked them if they would sponsor us before and they've always told me that they were more interested in sponsoring like formula one and nascar bougie bougie we do. I was thinking about NASCAR earlier. We were talking about other forms of racing. We got we got to pick a NASCAR race to go to this year. We got to go want, to a race. I want to go. It's pretty incredible. I NASCAR's uh, kicked off a couple weeks ago. Daytona, then California last week. I think they're in Vegas this week. I'm a big NASCAR guy. It's fun. I, I, I love NASCAR. Just so we are clear, I love all motorsports, including snowmobiling. It's just. I'm not going to snowmobile because I don't like being cold. And in the meantime, I'm going to make fun of it because it's cold. I see in your future, northeast Oklahoma, a bass boat, no, a little competition I'm not into, fishing. I'm not, not into boats. Not into boats. Oh, I don't know, man. And I don't like fishing. I can't focus on it long enough. Like, my brain just wants to skeeter around, and if I can't, I can't fish. You'd be a good boat driver, I guess. I guess. I mean, I like go. I like boats because usually there's swimsuits involved. That's always a special time for me. Yeah, you and guys in speedos, man. I just, I don't understand. I, I mean, I'm not gonna knock it, but it's weird that you love guys in speedos. It's definitely <laughs> not how it is, Mister European swim shorts. Hey, I am comfortable in my own sexuality, and... Uh, oh, it's just... now. Okay, now we're back into the vintage Pit Guys podcast, because it just got weird. We were doing so good, man, focusing on tools and racing. You had to make it weird. We really right. need our guests for tonight's show we better stop. to Look, get here. We have been... We have... No one wants to listen to us this long, so let's wrap up this segment... Because I'm sure everyone's going to be fast forward. Like, ah, it's enough of those two, Jamokes. Let's get on with the show. We do have two great hosts, or hosts, two great guests with us tonight. Yep. We uh, we ha have been friends with these guys for a while. We were trying to get them on the show. Then they were trying to get on the show. And we could never put it together. We were going to do something before Hammers. And then, well, you'll hear the story about before Hammers, I'm yeah. sure, for these guys. But, uh, yeah, we are super pumped to have... The boys from Fire River Racing, that would be uh, driver Tom Prendergast, crew chief Seth Montero, did I say your name right, Seth? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Seth and Tom. That's yep. what we call them because that's their names. And, uh, yeah, yeah they're, 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 a, they're a cool organization. They got all sorts of stuff going on. They got like all sorts of different cars. They got all sorts of different things. They own a pizza shop. And 
they're local to us. That's yeah. what I really love because they're just they're just down the hill. And the good news is, is that even though Tom doesn't know it yet, since we sat in the desert and helped his team out for like 14 hours, I'm pretty sure we're going to get dinner paid for tonight. Yeah. I love a good free dinner. Right? My dinners are always free. Because I... I, that, that was a dumb joke. Never mind. <laughs> Let's just stop. Let's just get Tom and Seth in here. Yep. Thanks for putting up with us for 40 minutes. Let us know what you think about cordless tools and highway traffic jams on county roads. We'll, we'll touch base next week, but for now, yeah, let's just get Tom and Seth in here. Thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. This is going to be an exciting segment with these guys, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a minute. I want to take a minute to give a huge shout-out to our newest sponsor, the Colorado Land, Kansas Land, and Nebraska Land Tire and Service Group. These guys have not only helped me out when it comes to getting new wheels and tires, but they are also huge fans of racing. NASCAR, local dirt track racing, or off-road racing, these folks go above and beyond to support racers at all levels. Whether it's on your race car or your truck and trailer, these guys care. Find the nearest location by going to www.thetirestore.com. All right, here we are. We are back from dinner. <laughs> yes. You have no idea, people out there in listener land, how long oh, that took to get food that tonight. Was, uh, that was incredibly difficult. The third restaurant we went to, it panned out, oh. which I'm incredibly disappointed with Zach because we're in Winter Park, which is Zach's hometown, his world. And we get here and he's like, well, long story short, yeah, we had to go to three restaurants to get service. But Zach informed me that he's uh, he makes good financial decisions and doesn't eat out a lot. So at that point, I forgave him because I was like, you should know. But if you don't eat out, you don't know. Yeah. So it wasn't Zach's fault. Anyway, we're back from dinner. We got Tom. We got Seth. Sup, guys? What's up? We're, uh, we're full. We got <laughs> drinks. Stuffed. I just found a whole case of Twisted Iced Tea in my fridge that was hoppers. Dude, I just opened one, and the dust and my teeth are gritty. It's kind of making me feel nostalgic. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, so welcome to the garage. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you for having us. So, how was, uh, how was Hammer's? You are our first guest since Hammers. And not just the first guest, but you had a lot of, you guys had a lot of firsts this Hammers because of reasons. <laughs> reasons. Uh, we added a new car. We raced two 4400 cars and we had a 170 race and a bug race. Yeah, you were busy. <laughs> yeah, yes. very. Uh, also, didn't really help. We picked up the new 4400 car. Uh, on December 23rd, and we left... Like, Colorado. brand new car. Brand yes. new, air quotes, turnkey race car. Yeah, uh, from which, not America. Correct. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's the 4413 car. It's the clone to Levi Shirley's new car. So, we have the same car, and almost all of it is... The exact same. There's a few minor differences, um, but pretty much everything's the same. So we, we picked it up with just about a month before we left Colorado to go to Hammers. And in that time, had to kind of familiarize ourselves and prep it and 
do some normal stuff. We ran into a few bugs here and there just with being on a time crunch, but um, it was it was uh, entertaining to say the least, I guess, is one way to put it. Fast learning curves. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> overnight learning curves. Oh, yeah, overnight, 15 minutes, you know, figure it out and go and, and pray for the best. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so you guys have told us basically your month to six weeks before Hammers was pretty much a blur. Yes. Yeah. I didn't see my family for a month. <laughs> First time I saw my wife and daughter was when they showed up on the lake bed. And then we got to the lake bed a couple days later than we had originally planned, but that's pretty normal, I feel like. And then spent the following new four days five days working on it non-stop and didn't even get the chance to go test it which was the whole reason we went out early <laughs> so you know we just decided that instead of working in a heated concrete floor warm shop it'd be way better to just do it in the dirt we didn't have to pick up parts in vegas yep. from uh and adam's adam's drive shafts and, and gear works and jeremy uh, jeremy was super awesome met us on a sunday to deliver us a diff, uh, rear differential for the car and picked up a new uh, steering rack for the. It's a rack and pinion. Went to Power Steering Solutions in Hesperia, about an hour north of where Hammers is. Charlie was awesome and took care of us there. And pick, we also picked up a spare um, power steering pump. But we did put in a new diff, rear diff and a new steering rack on the lake bed before we ever tested the car, really. Just um, some things that we wanted to see differently. Um, so we had that taken care of, but just adding more to the things that we didn't plan for. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you, you had that, and, and then you had your other cars that you were racing. And, like, and I, you know, if, if you don't, I think most everybody who listens to us races. But if you're not a racer and you're listening to this, you don't understand... At least, I don't, even I don't understand just the stress of getting a brand new car and then racing a bunch of other classes and other cars on top of it. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you guys probably had, well, at least three race cars in your pit, in your spot. Right. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of work. So there, was, there was two class 11 races. There was a desert race on Saturday and then the short course race on Monday. And then Tom's daughter races a Razor 170, uh, which is really really cool it's a lot of fun um and she raced wednesday but so like there's like i I was telling my wife when we got home i'm like you know we were out there for two weeks a little over two weeks two weeks and a couple days and like i feel like two weeks is a really long time but i also feel like two weeks flew by like there's still (laughs) you're like oh i didn't get a chance to go talk to that guy or to go have a beer with that guy and like by the time you go to all the drivers meetings and all the practice sessions and all the pre-running it's like just one thing right after the next and you don't feel like you ever like it's always just so chaotic yeah i feel like there's always a lot more messages after hammers sorry i didn't make it over there man <clears throat> right there's a lot of those and yeah but we made it over to your camp a bunch of times yeah yeah i made it over to see you guys a couple of times here and there yeah, we we made it work. It was, I mean, for us, it was kind of hard because downtown Hammertown was right in the middle. Right. And then 
sometime like we had a few walking paths and then Hammertown security decided to like band clamp all the fences together. Yeah, they didn't catch the dude that stole your smudge pot, but they wouldn't let us walk through there. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it hard too is like I mean, we're not very far. We weren't camped very far from each other, like maybe <laughs> 7 800 yards as yeah. the crow flies, but it's like a 10 or 15 minute journey by the time you <laughs> figure out how to get out the gate and in the next gate. <clears throat> Notice you said journey, not walk, not not uh, yeah, jaunt. It's, it's a journey. It's always a journey. <laughs> a, dust, so, a dusty journey. So, kind of talked a little bit about hammers. Let's let's back way up. I, I want to know, and I'm sure everyone else does, like your story. How'd you get into racing to begin with? How'd you get into Ultra 4? And then 4,400, like, tell, tell us, tell us kind of who you are and where you came from. So, I've always been into rock crawling, uh, built a 4,800 car with a buddy that we raced in Dirt Ride for a long time, and made the choice that I wanted my own car, and kind of swung for the fences and figured if I'm going to do it, might as well go 4,400, and start from there, and we, we got a chassis from Jimmy's, it was a bare chassis, and uh, my wife got on board but said cash only. And being self-employed, it, it took a minute to finish the car. Um, so we debuted that car three years ago. Yeah. And um, Two added, years ago. 2021 was the first Yeah, 2021. Hammers. Oh, so this hammers. is like a COVID car. Yeah, well, well it, it, yes, we'll, we'll call it that. It was like a COVID was the tail end of six years of building the car. Yeah. Yeah, so being self-employed, it you know you gotta pick your battles. And and, and what is what your what do you do for a living? I do custom metal work, and uh, my wife has a uh, mental health practice that we we both run. That's that's her business, and I do the back end stuff. Cool. So fun. Yeah. Well, and you're you're qualified to build a car because you're a metal fabricator, and you're qualified to build a car because you have mental health support because you're building a race car. I think so I feel I think like that might be backwards. People that build race cars need mental health yes. support sometimes. Well that's yes. what I mean is like he's got that support because he's you know yeah. It, it's the package deal. It I tried. It you know, <laughs> bless her heart, but she works with kids with autism, so she she stayed away from me. So <laughs> but yeah. But it took a minute to get the car built, and then we, you know, we had a great rookie year, uh, won the North Series, um, learned a lot, learned a lot of what to do, a lot of what not to do. Um, came out for 22 season, and you know, tried to give it our best, and just fought broken parts and crazy crashes. Yeah, the crazy. Uh, you have the best crashes. Man. <laughs> so. you, you, you and Chuck, like you guys. <laughs> We could compile a whole, like, video I segment. I of... think that your crashes are prettier than Chuck's. Yeah. Chuck just crashes. He's I... he's consistent. You are beautiful. I, I, I think I'm the only person to have a crash referred to in ballerina terms. Pirouette. On a live stream yeah. at Hammers or anywhere else. Yeah. Sturgis was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, 6,000-pound cars are not supposed to do flat spin 360s. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch unless you're the guy that's fixing it. Watch uh, your pain. <laughs> you're like, for the oh. record, there are three pit guys in this meeting and yes, one, one driver. driver. Yeah. 
You might think you're a builder, but you're still a driver. Yeah. And we know what we say about drivers uh, in this room. It yeah. Happens. Well, if you if you look at pictures of the new car, it literally says "Wreck It Ralph" above his door bar. Like, <laughs> yes. we, we made him. We made fun of him so much last year that we would just. It was just a, a cycle. We'd fix the car so that Tom could go out and roll it or spin it or do something crazy that we've never seen before. And we could just get creative with how we'd have to fix it again. So, that's kind of how you got your start. Where did you two guys meet up? So we met. Um, I've been in. I've been a, a gearhead or whatever you want to call it since I was in high school. Like my parents weren't into it, but I just kind of. Nat- I don't know. By somehow, just it, it turned me turned my interest, and um, I've been in the industry for work for quite a while, and I've buddies that race everything drag race and and all that stuff and so through some other friends i ended up going to king of the hammers for my first time to help some good friends of ours hunter and kim sparrow Mm. um husband and wife and and she races in 4800 class and he races in 4400 class and i had some buddies that were like oh you got to come out with us like we're gonna uh you'll you'll this will be right up your alley and so i went out for my first year and that's and tom was kind of running helping with the, helping with their stuff a whole bunch and he had been out there for a number of years and helped build that car and they raced it in dirt riot and uh hunter and kim live in grand junction which is about four hours from us and tom lives about half an hour from where i do so he was working on his car and i kind of soaked it all up and was trying to learn as much as i could and ended up going up to help him finish his car here and there and um just ended up that's kind of how i i don't we just we met helping hunter and kim and the that was it just kind of took off (laughs) the rest is kind of history yeah so which is funny because we met you guys and then we helped hunter and kim this year yeah (laughs) just uh, a little bit we we helped fuel for them they're they're awesome awesome people their co-driver and and crew guys are awesome drew and nate yeah you know and and we that's another one that we, you know, we went, we saw him and talked to him and helped him when we could. But you just get so caught up at hammers that mm-hmm. you feel like you didn't spend enough time. But we were plenty busy working on the seventy-five cars that we were racing and <laughs> whatever. So, um, but no, they're they're really good friends of ours, and we love seeing um, them succeed. Hunter had a, a little bit, of, a few issues on forty-four hundred day, but Kim finished and and two years in a row. Yeah, it was awesome to see two years in a row. Did yeah. really well, so, so that's always that's always really fun to see. Now he was racing her car in the forty four hundred race. Is that right? Nope. They, they have they, they have very two. similar looking cars, but okay. they're not. They're they they have them named, and they were referencing back and forth. That so was Wasabi a is Kim's car, and that's actually Hunter's old car. I thought that's <laughs> what he was driving on Saturday. No, race. he's Saturday's race is Ginger. Ginger's a uh, oh. Miller Motorsports chassis. Okay. Um. Because so. she was saying something about, I hope he doesn't do too good, because then he's going to want my car. <laughs> but, yeah. that's We met them, I think the first time we met them was at Sturgis, because they were camped kind of in the same big yep. group yep. that we were camped with. Yep. Yep. So they've been they've been at it for a long time. And, and I think Hunter was like almost OG 13. I think he was like the year after the inaugural, or two years after the inaugural race. Mm. He's been racing the Hammers, so... Hmm. He's been doing it forever. That's cool. It's it's funny how like every year the 
you're, you feel like you know more and more and more people. Like, for how many people are out there, it really is a, a pretty small world, right? So it's like you get to know the people that are camped around you consistently, and you get to know people because, like, I mean, just like you guys, like, you meet one group of people and you start helping each other out, and then you meet their friends and they meet your friends, and so every, it just becomes a bigger and bigger community, which is awesome. I mean, that's kind of how organically how this sport's gotten to where it is, but it, it is really interesting. Well, and that's, you know, I haven't been doing this a terrible lot, but we race Ultra 4, so I feel like there's two classes. There's the Hammers people, and then there's the Ultra 4 people, and, you know, I feel like the Ultra 4 people get to be pretty close because you go, you see each other all the time at all the races, do, right. doing the series, and you're all like sharing in like all the highs and all the lows and you're crying together and eating dust <laughs> together and then you meet cool people at hammers that are just the hammers people right but then you don't see them for another year or, or well, they don't come back and, or they run you know east coast or you know, only run west coast or whatever because hammers like we just talked about hammers is tough to to it you know it can be a very socializing event but you yeah. can you can get busy working on stuff and whatever, but the, the regional races, you know, the stuff breaks and you're working on stuff, but it seems to be a little more, Manageable. a little slowed down, a little more <laughs> yeah. intimate, yeah, where you can, like you said. Well, you at a, a regional little... race, the chance that everybody breaks down is slim to none. Yeah. At yeah. Hammers, <laughs> it can happen. breaks down. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's everybody breaks down. And another <clears throat> thing that's cool about Hammers is then you see, like, all the Ultra 4 people, like the East ones. Right. And, and then, like you said, the other, like, you know, there's the Yellowstone people, and then yeah. you see, like, NorCal people, and there's just, I, Hammers is fun, because you just see so many people, but then, like you've alluded to, it's also kind of a drag, because you're like, ah, I didn't get to go say hi to so-and-so. We, right. we did not make it out to Rusty Nails Camp. Ah, uh, I, I really wanted to, yeah. but they're outside the wire, and that's a scary ride on the Grom. For <laughs> I, I've me. been saying... For the last three years that I want to make it to the Ultra Three Party. Oh, oh, we, we did, and I, I still have yet to make it. We I made, made it the first year. No, we made it after, but it was on accident. Oh, but like that's like the bullet point. Like I'm gonna go this year, and then every year we're working on something or something Wreck, happens. Wreck Ralph strikes again. <laughs> yeah, dude, you guys thrash so hard. Like every time I went over oh, to your man. camp, it was yeah. just like control. Well, you, you guys came over. On Friday, because you were gracious enough to pit for us and help us out, and like, you guys were like, "Hey, what do we need? You know, what do you need tomorrow?" And I'm sure that I looked like a deer in the headlights. I'm like, "Uh, you gave uh, us the keys to your brand new truck, and it, it got taken care of. It was yeah. all good. Yeah, it's fine. We but. had to repack a few things. Was that was you that had so like CD? literally eight thousand? Of the biggest semi-truck ratchet straps I've ever seen wadded up in the back of the truck. And still, every time we need one, it's a 12-minute process Oh my gosh. untangling and yep. figuring out, <laughs> oh no, we can't use that one because it doesn't have the right hooks on that end. Like, we're we're, we're going to just start bringing a separate trailer just for tie-down oh. stuff. And it drives me, it drives me nuts because I'm like a little OCD, but about weird stuff. And like, mm -hmm. ratchet straps is one of them. So yes. like... I'll try and like wrap them up all nice, and then I get to a point where I'm like, "Nope, I'm all done here. I, I don't have the I don't have the attention span to do this every four minutes for a whole oh, two weeks." The like, the pile of straps was bigger than my seven year old boy, 
was, oh, oh we're never going to run out. We might yeah. not have yeah. the ideal. The one time you need it, though, a prize. Totally yeah, worth it. How many cars do we have strapped on on the way out? It's five. Well, six if you count the little Jeep thingy. Yeah, six. So, so. He, Tom drives. He's got a, a toter home with the race trailer with the big car in it. And then his daughter Nora's uh, Razor 170. And then we have like a little mini Jeep. Mini Jeep. A Chuck. Crossland has it's one not too. a Roxer. It's smaller than a yeah. Roxer. Yeah, no, it's it's a one twenty five cc automatic three speed with reverse. It's, it's dumb fun. It, but, it's a little go kart. But then <laughs> we take. Uh, I I usually drive his dually and his forty foot gooseneck, and we have his wife's sixty two Scout that he built for, which is also an absolute riot. Like, it's it's slow, but it'll go anywhere, absolutely anywhere. It's on 42s. It's really cool. And then um, his parents have a nice Can-Am X3. And then, what was Oh, the Class 11. Yeah. So, well, it's like, it's, Hammers is, it's tough for everybody, but every year we're like, we I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, we're not going to fit all this. Like, this is going to mm. be the year that we are absolutely out of room. And we find a way, but it gets tighter and tighter every single year. Yeah, I think this was the first year we had... Race tires strapped down to the gooseneck because there was no room in the trailer. That was that sucked. Well, here's a a side note that I'm pitting for you guys and uh, proving grounds versus pitting for all the guys that we pit for in the UTV series. Like we never complain about moving 35s around. I can I know exactly how many 35 inch tires I can fit in the back of a truck and how I got to stack them. And then we come over to your truck well, and your well, camp. Let's, let's Holy back up cow. 30 UTV 35s, not yeah. even yeah, like automotive Yeah, 35-inch by 10-inch. Yeah. Well, yeah, plus, when you guys came and got the 450, it had Randy Burke's yeah. stuff yeah. in it, too. So, so we, we, you guys all, we all pitted for Chuck and Randy, which those guys are really good I friends th- of ours, too. But it's, you know, it's just... I think we had five or six, yeah. forty inch by whatever fourteen fifty. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap, man! I mean, those are huge compared yeah. to what we run. That was a little different for us. And then like getting them in and out of the truck, like you're like, oh yeah, here we go. Oh no, the, no, out, no, no. the out's the easy part. The in is where yeah. it starts to get a little tricky. <laughs> I like tire three. You're like, I could use a hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, but. When you wreck it, Ralph, you gotta have some major beef to hang out with. So you gotta have some heavy duty tires. Yeah. So uh, even those don't hold up all the time. So you started this race program. What? Where, where's what's Fire River? So you're Fire River racing. What is the significance behind Fire River? <laughs> uh, so we came up with the team name when the state of Colorado was on fire. Mm. Um. Honestly, it was a. Uh, there were some, several cocktails involved and a lot of joking and playing around. And, and where, where it truly came from is my daughter had named um, the old car Taka. Okay. So fire goddess. Uh-huh. And so we were trying to kind of play off of that, and that's where Fire River Racing kind of was born, was having fun, having some drinks, and that name just got spewed out a whole bunch of times and we're like all right let's run with it so it's it's unique it's different it's well yeah yeah. and i was trying to figure it out because i didn't know and i'm like i know evergreen and there ain't no fire river in evergreen (laughs) but no so i have some real good friends that had a had a house up in grand lake Uh uh-huh and uh 
they lost it in the fire. Mm-hmm. That would have been the troublesome fire. The troublesome fire, yeah. yeah. Um, they lived on the, you know, the house was on the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. We've got our place in Evergreen. We've got a, uh, a, a little creek that runs through it so we can pretend it's a river. Um, nice. So it, it just, it kind of came out of thin air. And, like it, it. and it went with the name that my, you know, my daughter had given the car, so... Well, it's funny you mentioned that I, my XJ, which is on tons and forties, my girl's named Hey Hey. There you go. So yeah. it's Hey Hey. Yep. And we can't mention names, but for the the parents out there, you all know where this came from. Yep. So exactly. <laughs> the uh, Nora did not, unfortunately, did not name the new car, which we have deemed <laughs> Tiffany. Yes. Yeah, uh, I I was gonna say like totally different direction on the name on this so, car. So that was actually a blindside also. I uh it was a mix of a couple things. I, I'm not sure where it all came from. All I know is I walked out of the tent at Hammers to go get in the car and my wife said, Take care of Tiffany and I looked at her and said, Who the hell's Tiffany? <laughs> and she goes, That's your new car. And I was like, Oh, so it, it kind of sparked from, it's uh, the car is teal, which is the Scout's teal, the Class 11 Bucks teal, the Razor 170 will be teal before long, but we did a really cool uh, wrap. Our friend Kyle at uh, HD Graphics um, has done the graphics and shirts and all the design stuff for us for the last couple of years, and he's, he's awesome, but we wanted to do something kind of different, you know, um, the... Taka is, is a pretty unique car as well. Like, it's red and yellow and got flames on it, but it's it's very unique. It doesn't look like any any other car out there now, as far as color That's scheme. partly strategic, right? Because, yes. Joe Gould, this is for you, you got to make your race car stand out. It's great, for, <coughs> it's great for your crew. It's great for people at home watching. It's great for the announcers if they choose to announce you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because they can look at the car and be like, I know which idiot's driving that car. <laughs> so, Amen. But so I like it. The, it's, it's got this really cool teal wrap on it, so it's kind of Tiffany blue-ish. And then we also joked that it's uh, Tiffany's also the common name of a certain profession that also is quite expensive. And so um, <laughs> yes. between that and the, and the Tiffany diamonds, it, it's all just expensive. It's all just... <laughs> Very expensive and somewhat classy, but still just a little yeah. out there, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like it. I like it. Oh, all right. So, you had uh, Taka, and what, what, uh, where, how did the, the conversation go? You're like, oh, well, we need a, we need a Euro fighter. So, to, to how me, did that come about? <laughs> well, uh, so we had a, a pretty epic crash at Sturgis where came off a tabletop and uh, the car hit some very loose dirt, muddy dirt, and sent us sideways. And we kind of pirouetted through the air. And I, you know, felt horrible because I'm like, well, we're supposed to race again in two hours. And these guys are all like, well, there he goes again. Um, but they, they all do amazing. They're all I couldn't do any of this without Seth and and everyone else that comes to help us. But um, that was kind of the, the beginning of the end, so to speak. Um, we went to Crandon and same thing. We were doing pretty well and had a driver front tire completely lock up and 
cartwheel us several times and came out of that race and i you know sat down with rosalie and i'm like i'm, I'm gonna die in this car um had several other drivers and teams kind of approach me and be like you know telling me to that I, I needed to get something different um so we we kind of kicked around the idea and talked to some people and watching the market and then uh the new car came up for sale at a ridiculously good price um not low but good yeah, yeah. for by comparison by yeah. comparison <laughs> Very good price, and I, you know, my Rosalie and I sat down and, and had a lot of conversations about it, and she, uh, she kind of said, "This is your dream, go chase it." So you uh, could also say, you you could say it that way, or you could phrase it saying, "Yeah, we found a giggle pin winch that was really expensive, but we decided to buy it anyway." We could and do it came that, with a car. and the giggle pin came, came with, with a car. car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's. The coolest, scariest, most insanely powerful winch I've ever seen in my life, dude. I've only um, seen videos of them in action, and it's it's, it's awesome. You yeah. can't you can't even like talk about it without like if you're out there you don't know Gigglepin, Google Gigglepin, watch some YouTube videos. What did you tell us? A hundred and thirty feet and yeah, twenty minutes. If I remember correctly, because J Jim Marsden, the owner of Gigglepin, came over to. Uh, Give us a lesson on his winch. In like uh, the middle of the day. Yeah, in the he middle of the, the day booth. on EMC day, right? No, on uh, UTV Thursday. day. Yeah. The so middle he, of the day. <laughs> he's like in the booth announcing and comes over and was like just the nicest guy. Yeah, it was Help, awesome. Was super yeah. helpful and gave us a crash course and he just makes fun of all of us because... Yeah, he got, from, he, he got done making fun of Joe, making... Uh, sundial jokes and then came over to help you guys yeah, yeah. yeah i mean I, they they take their winching seriously yes and, they do and he i mean the information he poured on us i've, I've been four-wheeling and off-roading for 25 years and half the stuff he was saying i'm like huh never really thought about it like that but that makes perfect sense you know and it's they use a winch as an offensive weapon we use it strictly as deep, you know, defense or react reactionary, where it's like, oh huh. shit, I'm stuck. Now we gotta go. Pull That's the interesting. So for them, it's get to a point. You know, you're not gonna make it. Don't even want. Don't even try and beat on the car. Pull the cable, get over it, go on to the next thing. Wow, that's that's and interesting. We see that at hammers, though. <coughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's what he was trying to. He's like, you have a weapon here, use it. I'm like, oh. I've never thought about winching like that, huh. but that it makes sense. So, wow, that's yeah. That the whole the whole car is is in my opinion <clears throat> very advanced. There's a lot of like you're looking at stuff and you're like, wow, this is not something that you see every day. You know, like like don't get me wrong, your old car is pretty darn cool. Like it's yeah. a well built machine, but this new one, goodness. And, and we're we're still you know we. Like Seth said, we we've had we had the car for, I I think we started the countdown when we picked it up, and it was like thirty four days <laughs> before we were supposed to leave for Hammers. So which was, no was, one does that. No, no. And, and you and wouldn't have if you had a choice. We, sure. No, we he and I had the conversation when I told him that uh, we bought the car, and he's like, "It's not racing Hammers." I'm like, well, "Why not? <laughs> you know, we we should be uh, fine." He's like, "No, no, it's not racing Hammers." I'm like, "No, we got this." hindsight being what it was we probably should have just i, we, I mean we made it work it it's, we did it's 
you know, I think it's one of those things that no better time than the present. Like, there's yeah. stuff that we learned that we probably wouldn't have learned if it wasn't in such mm-hmm. a chaotic, you know, des- out of desperation stuff. But it, it's, uh, I don't know, like, I, I'm with you, Hopper. I, I really like Takah, the, the Jimmy's car that we have, and it's I think it's it's pretty cool. It, it's... It, you know, it's different, too. Like, they both are, are very unique in their own way, but the new car is just something that there's not a lot of of stuff like it in in the in the world or in the, you know, Ultra 4 scene or the Hammer well, there's, scene. There's two of them in right. existence. Yeah. You and know, it's and funny, they're both in the States. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, so this car had to be shipped from yes. Europe. Yes, yes. Which, was, which also kind of contributed to why we had as little time as we did because that's that's a long process and you have to and not only is a long process but where we are as a world right now right everybody knows there's not a lot of good things happening (laughs) with international shipping right now so well that and you have to get you have to get epa approval to import stuff so like we had to prove that this was never going to be <laughs> attempted to register or like so you have to get exemptions right. before they'll even let it on the ship to come over like you can't just figure this out when it gets here like they won't even let it leave its destin its uh, its original its place of origin <clears throat> until you have all your paperwork done yeah that's so, a whole like other different slew of problems right. i'm sure so that it, you have learned was, about yes, there was it was just yes. it was just a lot and that was a i mean that was really interesting but that was a learning curve too like all right, what do we have to do in what order? And then you get to a point where you're just like, hurry up and wait. You're sitting on your hands like, well, we've like, and we would talk every day or every other day like, oh, we need to do this. Oh, we can't measure that until we have the car in front of us. Oh, we need to do this. Well, we can't do that until we do this. And we can't do this until we have the car. Like it always just ended up back at, we need this car. And so it was originally supposed to get delivered. We had to pick it up in, in Houston from the port of entry um and we had to pick it up it was supposed to be delivered december 4th yeah and it was like you know you you always hear those numbers and you're like try not to get your hopes up because you know that stuff Mm -hmm. just happens and so we're like well it's not gonna be the fourth it's not gonna be next week and then from next week it moves to the following week and so we were like i've never never tracked tracking so much in my life it was it was fun to watch a little dot make its way across the ocean for those of you guys that Know the struggle of waiting for the UPS guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, times and, and a million. Then, and and like, you were waiting on a new truck too. Yeah, yeah. that was a whole other like. <laughs> you're just like I just want Christmas to get here, man. <laughs> yeah, so it it was it was a lot, you know. And then you're waiting, and you can't. It doesn't make any sense to leave. Like we were trying, we were talking about at one point, like oh, we'll be in Houston waiting for it when it gets here. Well, that's a 18 20 hour drive on a good day like there's no sense in trying to do that until you're confirmed that the car is there and released and ready to be picked up so you basically lose two more days there because you can't leave home <laughs> hoping that the timing works out and gets you know then you get stuck there and you're sitting on your hands again like can't do anything so that was that was a, a challenge as well so, so when, yeah go ahead well when we did finally get the answer it's when the entire western half of the U.S. froze, oh. basically. So That's we, right. We were driving yes. to Houston and with an open deck trailer, uh. talking to to Rob 
being like, did you put coolant in this car or has it got water? Because uh, it's going to be cold on the way home. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, I think it was 60 degrees when we picked it up in Houston. And by the time we got to pretty much Dallas, it was it was well below 30. And by the time we got back to Denver, it was negative 10 when we got home yeah. back to your house. Yeah. So it, it, it was a pretty wild swing there. Goodness. <laughs> so I, I envision the when you guys got your eyes on it and picked it up, the movie The World's Fastest Indian, have you seen that? Yes. So yeah, I love when, that movie. When he's like getting his bike out of the hold of the yep. cargo ship, like that's what I envision it to be like. But then I have to remind myself, wait, no, this isn't the 1960s and it wasn't a little steam-powered ship. So, like, did you just walk up and there's a big shipping container and... No, so it was... It, <laughs> it, it had to go to a customs facility. Okay. They unloaded it from the container and they had it, like, in a little secure paddock in the corner. And everyone at the customs facility was super giddy. Yeah. Like, what is this thing? Like, they, they knew when we walked in, we're like, oh, here's our, like, our, our bill number or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're those guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. So, and, and the best part about it is it shipped on 17-inch donuts. So <laughs> yes. it, it shipped it, on transport wheels. So yeah. the first time we ever saw it, we took 40s with us on the trailer because <coughs> it wouldn't have made it on the trailer on the transport wheels. But it's on these little donuts that look like they're off of a CRV, uh, like, and they pull it out, and you're like, "This is hilarious!" Like it's, it's like it's, a clown car. Yeah. Like, and and the kid who drove it out of the because they they had to pull it out of the facility, yeah. you know, just by law. He's got a smile ear to ear. <laughs> His supervisor comes out. And is like, I really hope you have real tires for that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, they're on the trailer. And she's like, I can't wait to see what it looks like with real tires. Oh gosh. It was it was it was a pretty cool experience. And and you say he was grinning from ear to ear. You guys are freaking grinning from ear oh, to yeah. ear. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, it had been three pretty, months. Yeah, two and a half, three months of yeah. like since we knew that that since Tom put the deposit on the car. So like, you're just hurrying up and waiting for this thing to show up, you know. And so it, yeah, it was definitely mm. it was pretty exciting. So being from Europe, what uh, what kind of engines it got in it? It's got an LS three. 525 LS3. See, right there, GM superiority. Like, this is from Europe. It could have, like, some sort of stupid Mercedes V whatever. Now, you guys weren't here when we recorded the open session. First, and Seth will understand because he's a real Ford guy. (laughs) Yeah. Hopper, first Hopper knocked Ford. Then he talked about how great it was. Then he knocked it again. Now he's talking about how great the Chevy is. This is the kind of um, uh, what do they call that when? Uh, hey, we're we're here talking about multiple these guys. personalities that I have to Listen, deal with here. We're not talking about me right now. We're talking about he's like an auto manufacturer schizophrenic. There you go. Oh uh, well, so that's super cool. Like, it's. Uh, and and for those of you listening, you know, if you haven't seen it, this car is this car is a freaking work of art. Like I'm it's just pretty nasty the, looking. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, so Ugh. we're 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 definitely very excited. It uh it's the five twenty five package, uh L S three and we actually uh through our tuner, Steve, he uh, he's 
he tunes for a lot of a lot of big guys and a lot of drift guys. Mm. So he's got connections elsewhere in the industry, um, and and he connected us. We're actually partnered now with uh, American Forced Induction, and we oh. are uh, in the coming month or so going to be putting a. Uh, 102 millimeter billet blower on this car. Oh my! One, one of one right now. They they built it specifically for us. Debuted um, at PRI. De- yep, debuted at oh. PRI. Dude. And uh, it's it's that's that's a whole other like work of art. Like yeah. it's beautiful. It's it's this big massive thing. I don't know where we're gonna put it or how it's all gonna work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, turns out from packing for hammers and building race cars, we get pretty good at. Stuff and five pounds of stuff in a two pound bag kind of oh scenario. Gosh. So, dude, I, I didn't see your trailer after Hammers. Hopper was over there while you were loading it. He was like, We he told me I would have had a massive anxiety. We did attack. really good up till about like the 85% mark. Yeah, and like, classic I was, moving van. I was actually was like, just, Yeah, I actually felt really good about it. And I was like, Oh, we're. We have more room on the way back than we did on the way out. Like, we're doing all right. Which is odd, because we picked up more tires in <laughs> and California. More fuel. And more oh. fuel. And so then we're, like, getting there, and we're like, oh, we just got some little stuff. Whatever's in the tent, like the lights and extension cords. And we're like, oh, yeah, and our 85 camping chairs. Oh, yeah, there's a couple more totes. Oh, yeah, all the coolers. So by the end, we're just, like, full speed, like, hucking stuff as far back <laughs> in the trailer as we can. Yes. And our trailer... Through a series of procrastination and laziness, I guess the uh, the winch on the back trailer door, there's no switch on the outside. So somebody has to crawl from the front side trailer door all the way to the back of the car to get it open, and after they close it, have to crawl back out. So we have to like leave a little bit of a rat hole to get to that. I think I saw this for the first time at Sturgis. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I'm not understanding what you guys are having to do, and you were like, somebody's got to go in the trailer to close the trailer yeah, and then it, get out. Well, so that was kind of a funny deal too. We, so the 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 winch is powered by a battery, which is on a constant uh, maintainer, but it's on like a regular car battery that's at the top corner of the trailer. So when you let the door down, you unhook the winch cable from the door. So that you can pull stuff in and out. And like we just usually drape it over this like the steel box that holds the battery because it's at the top. So it just drapes down the side of the trailer, no problem. Well, a couple years ago I was going to drape the the winch cable over that box and I was on the outside of the trailer and just thought I had it. Well I tagged the the battery posts with this uh. steel winch cable and we were like, Oh, that's not good, but it'll be fine for now. So then Tom and I are Neither of us are particularly small human beings. <laughs> are standing on this door with a fuel drum one day. Full fuel drum. Full oh. fuel drum. And this winch line just snaps and drops the door. Like It was only like eight or nine inches off the ground at Montana. Yeah. And we both just end up on our ass like, what happened? Oh. So then we had to replace the winch. And Thankfully we, we thought, had a spare. Yeah, we had a spare Ooh. winch. And we thought, we, we thought the winch we had had a wireless <laughs> remote because that was the plan all along. Yeah. Well, that would make... Sense. Way too much sense, yeah. right? So that's what we ordered, right? So it's then, just not what we got. so then, uh, and we ordered one without a steel cable for that reason. Uh, Neither of which actually happened. So we have another steel winch cable and uh, no wireless remote, and we're like, oh, we're just using it to get through this trip. We'll we'll finish that later, and it's been like two years. So that's I, every time we unload the trailer, I'm like, 
we really need to do that. And we're like, yeah, we really need to do that. And then, you know, things, things happen. And maybe if we had time to work on not race cars. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> so that'll, that's, that's going to be a priority <coughs> one. I mean, I don't days. feel like you guys are like procrastinators. No, we <laughs> just always find more stuff to do. Turns out when stuff's broken yeah. mm-hmm. you don't need a trailer to race but you do need a race car so priorities take effect and nah. so we talked about that tell tell me a little bit about your class 11 because that's pretty darn cool like class 11 is it's so class 11 for people that don't know i'm sure you can clarify this but basically it's a pretty stock vw bug still so yep. it, it has to be. These are like the grandfathers right. of Bob. It's yep. it's a really it's a, actually a really fun, fun car, fun class. Like we we love it. But it so it has to be stock steel body, steel doors, uh, steel fenders, and you can have. It has to be factory suspension mounting locations. So you can put like bypass or uh, reservoirs or you know you Fox King whatever. But it has to be in stock location, so you can't like build these huge fourteen-inch, you know, resis for it. Not a lot of travel. It can't be. You can. Fl- you, it can't be lifted more than was it. Two. Like it's you can t- cut the front beam and turn the knuckles to give it like a two and a half inch lift. Whoa! And then you have to <laughs> yeah. use stock Volkswagen wheels, which proves to be a little more of a challenge than you might think because you can I, use mobile wagon wheels now. Yeah, that's the only aftermarket wheel you can use. You can't just like throw a set of dirty life wheels on it i don't even know what bolt pattern it is i don't want to know four on something but anyway so <laughs> four on german it, yeah, yeah four on german. it's like there you it's, go. it's basically a, a stock bug with a cage and harnesses and seats in it so all the safety stuff it's got a pumper and comms like a normal race car but pretty much everything else what is, about like horsepower and gearing it 1600 has to, cc max so they actually have a way of they'll and pull stock gearing it has to be stock transmission, stock gearing. They'll pull the top of the uh, carburetor off and measure the Venturi. <laughs> like, they take it really seriously. But it, it makes it a really fun class. Yeah. And we watched the first year that King of the Hammers did Class 11. It was on a Monday night. So it's under the lights. It's super cool. And we were like, oh, we're going to go watch this. And so our whole team is standing there. And we're having a couple of beverages, you know, whatever. And watching this race and we're just having a ball like this is hilarious and a couple people were taking videos and pictures and whatever and tom's wife rosalie turns around and she's like i think i need one we're like oh it's documented (laughs) we've got like four people that have a video you saying that so now it has to happen yes and i uh through the years have routinely joked with Tom that if he doesn't quit wrecking his car, we're going to sell it and buy 15 Class 11s yes. and just have a fleet of Class 11s to race with. But, um, no, we've we've met some really, really good people. That's a whole, like, subculture. Oh, right? yeah. And, and it's awesome. Some of the nicest people you'll meet in your life. I mean, we've, we've met lifelong friends yeah. out of it. The... None of them can stand up straight. No, yeah. and I, I, I give them all credit. Yep. Any one of them that does Baja or a 200-mile race. Oh, yeah. We have a really good buddy who's become a very, very close friend of ours, Steve Fredericks, and he races, you know, Baja 250, Baja 500. And he, like, you know, they split it up into to teams or whatever, but I think it's a riot. I have zero desire. If you ever, 
If you want to know what it looks like in just a real short period of time, go watch the highlights from just the desert race this year at Hammers. It was like it, they, they ran the 40-mile prologue that the desert guys ran. And it, within, I mean, within like a 1,000 yards, 17 of these cars got stuck mm-hmm. on BJ's Hill. Like, it was, it was pretty hysterical. Like, it sucks when you're in the race car, when you have a car in the race. But all in all, it's just really funny because – and they do the, they do a land rush start, which is which also is awesome. like the coolest thing in yeah. all motorsports. Oh my gosh, it was so cool to watch. Like they all lined up and then they took off. I'm like, damn, this is cool. Oh yeah. And they if they ever get the audio, it just sounds like a swarm of mosquitoes <laughs> yes. running out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like it's they're making all this noise and not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so they were they were racing. What what was the other class they were with when they did the land rush? Oh, it was 1450s. So the 1450 trucks took off. The Terra Crew. The Terra class. Crew trucks. So like these are big desert. Yeah. Yeah. High built, horsepower. Built desert trucks. Yeah. But the deal was if they got caught by a class 11, anywhere in that 40 mile prologue, they were out. Dude, that is so freaking. So cool. the class 11 guy, everybody, even my wife was on a mission. Yes. And it was to catch one of those trucks. And even if they got caught, like, 50 feet in front of the finish line, that 1450 truck was out. Oh, my gosh. They lost their race. They did not finish. Well, and just the, the, like, the harassment you'd get from your buddies. (laughs) If you were in a, if you're in, like, a pretty cool pre-runner desert truck, and for whatever reason you get stuck or you get a flat, and this Class 11 comes by you, you're literally the rest of your life never going to live that down. Like, oh, there was a lot of footage of dudes getting caught. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, so it was. That was a fun one. Um, you know, it's it is. It's just. I think it's great that um, King of the Hammers has has added that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Crandon has it as well. Yeah, you race it at Crandon. Yeah, too. yeah, but it's yeah. just. Uh, Your has a class has a couple of different classes for him. They have a like a modified class where it can be like a buggy kind of thing. The Baja bug. Yeah, mm. and then they have just a, a stock 1600 class. And so it, I don't know, it, it's a lot of fun. Like, and it's just the laughs from it because you can't, you can't take yourself too seriously in those races because it's just, uh, at the end of the day, you're racing a 70-year-old slug bug. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, but it's awesome. So I, at, at Hammers 21 was when they first started yep. it, and I was talking to some guys, and I was like, man, this might be the cheapest way to get into this kind of racing. And so we start talking to these guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, we build these. We'll put these together for you. We'll build it however you want. And I'm like, I got to know, man. What are we talking here? Five grand, ten grand. And they're like, oh, no, man, these are $50,000 cars. And it's, we're like, it can't. It's, it's not. That's pretty extreme. We were like, but, it can't all be like that. Yeah. And you, there are definitely way better deals. Not five grand. I mean, maybe you could build one. I, I, I think it's pretty. I've seen a lot just in like the ten k range. For yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Race ready. I mean, this is probably the cheapest class to oh, go for sure. racing. It. You know, and like, it. They're getting a little harder to come by, but once you start racing. You start to meet people and you start to kind of get some contacts, like finding panels for these things. You're like, oh so man, it's gonna go? it's gonna be a nightmare. And then somebody's like, oh, this guy's got ten of them, and he'll sell you doors for fifty bucks or something. And yeah. you're like, excuse me, how much? Not not five thousand, not fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool, let's do that. Like, 
So yeah. it's it's a really cool. It's I think it's fun too, just because of the contrast, right? Like we're yeah. so zoned in on working on this, you know, badass off road armory car and like and the Jimmy's car and like so you're you're consumed in in that world, and then you go mess around with this class 11 bug and it's like oh we said in your guys's bug at your yeah. shop yeah well we were trying to get and opera to, to get into this too <sighs> well i i'm i'm pretty convinced right now my limiting factor is with I, with everything else in my life is shop space but uh they don't take up that much space that's they the don't. beauty too yeah. well so you don't need a i love the trip. idea that you could put a license plate on these things yeah yeah and drive them to work so well it depends on where you get the shell from because some of the shelves don't come with bins or titles. We can uh, fix that. Yeah. So. We're, we are resourceful. And since you guys are side-by-side guys, yeah. if you happen to find one with a bin, there are a couple of companies that make yes. a convert like a way to mount the bug body. That is a pretty popular conversion. Um, I've seen it mostly in the Pacific Northwest. They'll drop a VW body with a van on top of a Can-Am X3. Yep. And uh, you take it to your DMV, and there ain't too many DMV people I know that are going to catch that. <laughs> or care. Or care. <laughs> Absolutely. Other than to say, that's pretty cool. You got a title, and you got a van, and plus then you pull up in this VW bug at a stoplight, and it's not. All of a sudden, you've got a Pro R under there. Yeah. yeah. I love the idea of building one one day. Yeah. So we, we talked about, you know, so you're kind. You're like Tom. You are a actual like racing family. Cause so you race. Yep. Your wife races. Yep. And your daughter races. Yep. So it, it's yeah. We hate money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so god. Yep. Yeah, my our daughter races a 170, and you know for me at this point it's the smile on her face. She yeah. loves it. She's <laughs> she's consumed by it. It's all she wants to do, and you know, right now it's it's when she's driving at home at the shop, she drives like her hair's on fire. <laughs> when she gets into a crowd, she gets nervous. Yeah. All I care about is she's got a smile on her face. Yeah. Well, and, and it's super cool because you know you see these kids; they start out early, and those are the ones that grow up to do big things with their yeah. lives right like you look at like me you know i'm gonna get into racing now i'm almost 40 and i'm not as teachable as i used to be you know when yeah. you're when you're young like that like your brain just soaks up learning and you just learn super fast and your body heals really quickly way quickly she jumps out of that car like nothing happened <laughs> And so I, crazy. I get out of my car and I'm like, somebody get the ibuprofen. <laughs> so, you, sh- you should have seen Jeff trying to get out of our car. <laughs> you should have seen Jeff trying to get out of yeah. the camp chair or the bed yeah. or the anything. <laughs> oh, man. Let's not talk about him. It's too depressing. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, so it's, con- no. continue. It's but, been it's been a lot of fun to, to watch Nora, like, like Tom said, she just eats it all up, and it's really funny because most of her races are obviously not very long distance wise. Yeah. And at Hammers, they're all short course, so I I stand in the spotter stand and get to talk to her the whole race, and she's just having a blast. Like you, 
call her on the radio, and she's like, okay, and she just keeps <laughs> putting right along, and, you know, and, and it's interesting, too, because, like, you see a lot of these people, their kids are racing, and they're, like, yelling and screaming at them and pushing them, and, and like, I think there's there's probably a happy medium in there, yeah. but, like, I don't know, like, it's it's just so, like, to me, it's, it's so innocent and lighthearted that it's, like, just enjoy it until because like it's it's a 170 cc razor like yeah how this this isn't the daytona 500 here like, yeah. let's let's bring it down a notch you know but it's it's like any youth sport yes um yeah you know you've got the kids out there in full legit race cars with the 170 cc right. yeah. engine um so you got multiple approaches there right like you're daughter's car is a good little race car but it's nothing it, it is <laughs> it's bone stock i i have done nothing to it other than put a cage on it a seat in it and harnesses yeah and it's it's got a little pumper and it's got a, a, a radio that goes in it but I, we put we put different tires on it we haven't geared it we haven't tuned it we haven't and that's totally fine yeah right and, and she's nine yeah like some That's of these cars the, yeah. in these 170 classes well, so and there's the 200s. A, there's I mean, a 170 mod class in a lot yeah. of these races, too. And you see those things, and you're like... I know some of these dudes have 50K oh, right? in their like, kid's car. Like, you could have almost built a 900 or a 1,000 for what yeah. you yeah. have into this 200cc. Uh, like, I'm just... Uh, hey, man. Uh, you want to spend that much money on your kid having fun, I guess I'm all about it. I... I if I had the money, maybe I would too. But I, I wouldn't even then. Like, let them learn, and then put them in a nine hundred or a thousand. Yeah. And, and even then, like, you can detune it till they get comfortable, and then just let them go. It, it's. But she's, the, for she's those already, that, she's nine, and she's already a better driver than Tom. So. Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't <laughs> oh. take much. <laughs> so, but it, it's for those that have heard her on the radio it's it's the cutest thing in the world it's just okay yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter what you tell her that's her response nice it's always just okay so it's it's fun to fun to watch really more than anything and and she you know getting out of the car at the end of a race she's got a smile on her face whether she's first or last because she yeah. had fun yeah and those are and those are great memories i remember doing stuff with my granddad when i was that age and i really sucked at a lot of things and i'm like why did my granddad go through the pain of putting up with me doing the things that i did because it was definitely not worth it because but it, it was the memories man like right. i have such good memories of doing stuff with my grandpa and you know he's no longer with us but the memories are there and i will cherish those forever um even though I sucked at what I was doing at the time. Well, it, but I look at it in the sense of like, you know, everybody's, you got to be in school and you got to do this. And, and Rosalie and I have made a choice of like, this is important to our family. Yep. So while she may not be learning book stuff from school, she's watching a group of people come together in the middle of the desert or at Sturgis or at Crandon to where you have massive mechanical failures. And basically everybody is looking at the ground like, well, shit, what do we do? And then you've got this group of people that comes together and is like, well, we fix it. I'm not yeah. sure how we're going to fix it yet, but we fix it. And then the next day you got a running, driving car again. Like it's, it's, 
you know, growing up on a racetrack is pretty cool in the sense that that you get to learn that stuff. And those yeah. memories with your grandpa, I'm sure you learned a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so it's... She did a, a science fair project while <laughs> we were at Hammers awesome. this year. <laughs> oh, so we're yes. out... <laughs> We're out shock tuning with both the the new car and the and Taka, and she's out there, and we're with Keith from KDM uh, Shocks, who takes really good care of us, and she's out there taking pictures and videos so that she can do a science project on what the difference between solid axle and IFS is, and she's asking <laughs> Keith, and he's like explaining stuff to her, and she's nine, like it's, I I would kill for you know that. To you know that, just just like you said, the thought process, right? Like, how many nine year olds are thinking about mechanical? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's 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 really fun to see that progress. The the best part about that is she turned it in after the the girls got home from Hammers because they flew home, and all of her teachers were like, "This is awesome." We're slightly confused, and we feel like this is like. <laughs> seven grades above what you should be doing right now. Yeah. <coughs> and so they, they asked her what she was going to do for her next science fair project, and she's like, well, I don't know, maybe maybe which one's better in the rocks? Oh. You're like, well, how, how about not something so technical? <laughs> so it, it was pretty cool to see, and, and the fact that she's that invested in it. I mean, like, yeah. taking the time to talk to Keith and be like, can you explain this to me? And yeah. I was in the car, so I didn't get to see that interaction, but I'm sure that kind of put a smile on his face, too, because he's like another generation that's interested in this. Yeah, and, yeah. and shock tuning truly is, is black magic. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what he does. I, I know what he does, but how he does it. And, I mean, they're, you know, Grant and I are ripping through the, through the whoops this year, and the whole time we're just saying, thank you, Keith, thank you, Keith, thank mm. you, Keith. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's one. That's another pretty big difference from uh, the Jimmy's car to the the Offroad Armory car is like not the. I mean, we could do it on the Jimmy's car, but the the new car has four O King, you know, bypasses and two five resi like race resis with you know all everything tricked out as and so the cool thing with that is um, Keith actually spec'd that shock package for that car when it was built for Levi. Um, so he had a lot to do with the the decision making. So it's something that he's invested in because he'd got to make the call and say, "Hey, I want it this way." But just the the differences there in how stuff works better. You know, stuff that you think you see a, a whoop or a drop and you think it's going to be, you know, rattle your your back out, and then you hit it and it doesn't. The car hardly moves because everything is done well. You're like. Oh wow, this isn't so bad after all. Like big yeah. shocks make a big difference. Well, so I've got that clapped out suburban that I'm always talking about, and I uh, I bought it from these people that didn't believe in preventative maintenance of any kind whatsoever. So it's got two hundred thousand miles on it, still has the factory shock absorbers, and I put cheap ass Bilsteins on it that I got off of from Shock Surplus. And I'm not a Bilstein guy, but they were the cheapest. And let me tell you what, driving it around the county now, I'm like, holy moly, I feel like I'm rolling on some kings here. <laughs> like, you don't understand the difference good shocks oh, yeah. make until you're used to garbage. And then you put on, you know, for me, I just put on 
nicer garbage. But like, you know, some bougie kings or something like that, or anything tuned really. It's 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 a phenomenal. Like you tell you talking about seeing a G out or a drop or a, a whoop and you're like, Oh man, and then you hit it and you're like, Oh, I'm like I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from a clapped out suburban <laughs> standpoint. It, it it's the same, just bigger holes. Yeah. And it, it it makes a huge difference. We always get that those comments like when we take our UTVs out with people that have never rode in them before, and they're just like, "Man, we we thought this was gonna be a lot rougher," because they're thinking, you know, nineteen eighty five CJG right. like <laughs> nope. when I took my father in law to Moab. Like at first he was like, "Where's the trail?" And I'm like, "It's over this rock." He's like, "We're not going over that." And by the end of the trip, he's like, where can you not take this thing? This thing will go anywhere, you know? And you go slow and smooth, and, man, you had these things. I mean, IFS, man, sorry, Hopper, but IFS is a great thing in some of these bumps and whoops. In bumps and whoops, it sure is. But uh, when it comes to uh, changing out parts, rusted 200,000-plus miles parts... It's not a great thing because there's a lot of freaking yeah. garbage parts you gotta change. <laughs> yeah, it's, but there's no difference in uh, from that perspective. Like, two hundred thousand mile rusted parts are gonna suck equally on solid axle kingpin stuff See, as they there, are on. There's there there he is with with the uh, with the intelligent remarks there <laughs> after Hopper got done just I, spouting off. For the for the record, I like solid axle stuff. I mean, I. I like I said, the, the Jimmy's car is solid axle. I think yeah. it's awesome. And there's a lot of things where I think it's beneficial. And I, I don't think, especially now having been seeing two cars, you know, having been down to the nuts and bolts on two cars that are completely different, one being solid axle, one being IFS, <coughs> you know, I don't... I don't know that there's ever going to be a quote-unquote right answer for hammers. Right. Yeah, right. Like, I think there's advantages, but I think it more comes down to, like, the driver and their their style and their preference, right? Like, there's some people would rather, you know, deal with this, the downfalls of a solid axle because of the, the, you know, pros that it brings and vice versa. There's people that will do whatever it takes to race an IFS car, even though it's parts are different or it, parts yeah. are more expensive or it's, and, it's interesting. And I'm a solid axle guy through and through. I think people picked up on that. But at the end of the day, like, geometry is a magical thing, right? Yeah. Math is, is scary <laughs> because it's cool and it works. So at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with a horizontal beam yeah. attached to some pivot points. Yep. But technology marches forward and independent suspension keeps getting better. It right. keeps it keep they keep look finding new ways to tweak it and it's like i said it's math it's numbers it's physics well, and, um and, and so ifs is just going to keep getting more capable I'll, I'll tell you what the the ifs car and the i was i was surprised in the rocks cuz everything i've heard is everybody's like ifs is you, you know you, you got to more slide over the rocks and you can't really go over them you, you know it's all a momentum game and that car crawls just as good as any solid axle car I've ever yeah. had in my life. So you're yeah. you, and that's good. It's good we're talking about this because you are a solid axle guy. Yep. Moving to a full independent suspension or just uh, IFS? Just IFS. Okay. It's it's a solid axle rear. Yep. Um, but it's 
the nice part is the car is a lot lower than the old car. It, it, it is. Jimmy's That's like is. the first thing you notice. It's, well, it's, it's crazy because the, the Jimmy's car is one of the taller cars in that mm-hmm. realm, right? You know, and the the new car sits it's probably one of the lowest, lowest cars. Yeah, so yeah. With, with the same belly height, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. So it's just it's lower, wider. Right. Um, so how? What's the biggest to you? Going from the old to the new, what's the biggest, like, most remarkable difference that you have come up with, like, between the two cars? So far, the way that the IFS car can recover. Okay. So, taking a bad bounce in the desert. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a couple of those where it just, gotchas came out, you know, big G-outs and stuff over, over a ridge, and, and the way that that car settles back into what it's supposed to be doing as opposed to the chaos and, the chaos the, the like chaos it. of just you know putting it in the wrong spot yeah. or hitting a g out wrong or you know in the in the straight axle car it it's a fine line and it's um but the i the way that the new car settles and just soaks things up hmm. was insane that's cool <coughs> so basically you were like hitting stuff you were all clenched, and you're like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, cool, rock on. Oh, yeah, I mean, and it, it you know, Grant, my, my co-driver, and I were, were both the whole day. Like, we'd pull up stuff, and, and you're like, oh, this is going to hurt. And you're <laughs> like, wait a minute, that, that what what happened? You know, because, you know, we're used to the, the other car yeah. where it's like, you know, if you if you didn't hit it just right, it's going to leave a mark. And and it we still had a couple. Um, I... I screwed up in qualifying and we left a few marks oh you don't say yeah <laughs> um but uh even even then with a blown front tire and qualifying that that car just it worked <laughs> and it was you know it was it was pretty impressive to get through it at halfway decently as we did <laughs> so yeah that was we uh again be it with not having a whole lot of time we're trying to figure out spare parts and and that's something going to a new car that's like that's an acquired thing you don't buy two cars worth of parts right so you you buy stuff here and you replace stuff and fix the old ones or you know whatever so we're trying to get spares and trying to figure out what we're doing literally the only thing that we had spares of were upper and lower control arms in the front and lower trailing arms in the rear and when we got them i knew i i knew i jinxed it they showed up on a pallet before we left for hammers and i'm looking at these arms and i'm like you know i know unexplainable things happen in race cars all the time like i that we've we've dealt with that on the old car numerous occasions yeah numerous <laughs> occasions stuff breaks in a way that you didn't think was gonna happen or possible or whatever I'm holding these control arms, and I'm like, I don't know how you could tear one of these things up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom decided he was going to show me. He, that was that was a, a personal goal now to figure out how to how we prove that you can actually break these. And that was, and he tried to drive through this mountain instead of over it. Is that yeah. It? So yeah. We, we had we had pre-run the qualifier, and we planned to go right around the pivot rock, and that's what we pre-ran. That's all we pre-ran. And, you know, they say don't change a plan. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it, like, yeah. up until he started. We were yeah. watching 
you know, I'm, was, I'm up watching people go, and we're like, because as the day progresses, everything gets more rutted out, and you see people struggling here and there, and so I'm talking to him on on the him and Grant on the radio, and I'm like, well, these guys all seem to be making making it on the left line. You just have to roll into it with momentum, and you can't <laughs> lift. Like you have to just go, and he certainly didn't lift. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, the, the car lifted him. The, <laughs> yep. the mountain lifted the car that lifted him. Wow. So we, we came around the corner, and, and Grant said, okay, we're going to go left. And I took that as now because I hadn't run it. And and I was fully committed, and he's like, in 30 feet. And I'm like, <laughs> well, here we go. Yeah. And uh, so we, we came face-to-face with, with a rock face and, and blew the passenger front tire off the car, basically. And then... At that point, it was, uh, well, we just got to finish. And so, um, very impressed with how the car did with three tires um, and a little bit of anger. Um, <laughs> but we, we managed to get it all the way around the course, um, came down off the last ledge to cross the finish line, and that, that blown front tire dug into a rock, and Stood up on us, stood us up on the nose, and spun a 360 on the nose, and landed facing backwards, and and crossed the uh, the lasers in reverse. Oh, so, well, that's awesome! Um, not how we intended our day yeah. to go, but uh, again, with how how low that car sat, if if I had, if we had been in the old car, it would have been a uh, a much different outcome. Mm. Um, it just again physics. Yeah. So, it, and it was it was luck, dumb dumb luck with how we finished that <laughs> that run. It's amazing how many <coughs> people you meet on the lake bed that are like actual real world like scientists. Yeah. Right. Like you would meet these people not at King of the Hammers, and you'd be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay, buddy, whatever. Yeah. And then you like get out there, and people. People know their stuff, and it's, like, next level. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some hillbillies out there racing. <laughs> that we, was, we might be some of them, but <laughs> it's, that was one of the things it's that pretty nuts. I had this conversation a couple of times. Uh, Chuck and I, this is a whole other adventure at Hammers, went to pick up race fuel for, oh. like, <laughs> for uh, us and John Grounds and Joe driving uh, to Cobb, and we're driving out to Dave's ranch to meet the, the semi-truck driver to pick up our fuel drums. And Chuck and I were talking about, like, the contrast, like, of hammers and how cool it is that you can literally, like, you see a guy, you pass one guy, and he's got a million-dollar motorhome and a half-a-million-dollar painted-to-match trailer and probably a half-a-million-dollar race car in that trailer and a $50,000 Razor. And then literally the next car behind him is a 96 Econoline with spray-painted windows and a home-built trailer with something else on it, Frankenstein together. Yeah. And there's no, there's no like, hey, this this is better than that. Like, everybody just comes out to run what they brung kind of deal. So many shit boxes out there, man. So many. And that's that's the best part of and it. And so many million-dollar motorhomes. Right. It's, it's, it's So, I don't know, that's the fun part to me is just to see... Because you really see people's, like, ingenuity and creativity yeah. with their whole race program. Like, it's not just the clapped-out cars or the top-of-the-line race cars, but, like, 
What's your trailer look like? What's your motorhome yeah. look like? like? So that's what makes me wonder. <laughs> who stole Hopper's smudge pot? Ugh. Because the guys driving the shit boxes, <laughs> they're too good a people to right. steal. They all, they all had their own. Yeah. yeah. Because that was one. But the guy with the million dollar motorhome, he's not going to steal it either. He's not going to touch that greasy yeah. old thing. So, like, I it's, think that, what kind of dirt bag it's is it? It's the dude that was building his freaking basketball court out of crushed cinder blocks. I helped him break into his car. You helped him steal a car. He was, he was casing <laughs> the joint. That's what he was doing. Bro, bro, just let me borrow your smudge pot indefinitely, bro. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> special kind of dirt bag right there. Bro. Like, you didn't even a... steal a nice, clean thing. It was right. dirty like, and gross. And that's that, such a oh. random thing, too. It's like... Dude, I mean, we yeah. had Groms. We had motorcycles right. sitting there. Well, that's what... Because uh, the guys with John Dykus and... Uh, yeah, they had a uh, truck Steve stolen. They had a Steve, they had a truck stolen. And we're like... I mean, and it, it was, I never it was take keys. Toyota Crawler. Yeah, I never take keys out of anything. Yeah. Cameras like my my. I have a little pit bike. I'm not quite as cool as you guys in the drums. <laughs> it is the mine, right color. Mine is the right color. Yes. <laughs> and so I have a little pit bike, and it just sits like out yeah. back of the trailer all the time if I'm not on it. And Dude, like generators, Starlinks, I brand mean everything. New, the the dually more of the time than not had the keys in it, you know, so it's well, like Well, but for you guys, like you are way too far off the beaten path. Oh like, yeah, they stick if, us at the if if back people of the wanted bus. to steal from you, they had to be dedicated to go out to the back forty. Well yeah. and it's not not only that, but it's a long way to the gate from there. Exactly. Like there's no, you're not getting any out of anywhere quick when you yeah. steal. I want to see a video of this dude stealing the smudge pot. Like, hey, I'm gonna pick up this huge awkward thing. And hope it's not hot. And then yeah. just carry it around. Yeah, like, I don't. Didn't the security guard sucks. see a guy carrying out this weird? And it was thing? sooty because I don't oh, know if you remembered. Filthy. Like I, there was a one evening when there was some uh, like. Gear oil being burnt in it. Oh, that's the best fuel. Accidentally, oh, the best fuel. Oh, we didn't terrible. want to burn gear oil, but it snuck in there. Nobody's fault, but it snuck in there, and it was sooty and stinky. And then we had like freaking sixty mile an hour winds, and that didn't help anything. So gear, the gear oil burns the longest. Yeah, but yeah, but it's you should you should try. You putting, can taste it. You should try putting later. race fuel in one while it's lit. Sometimes yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a, awesome. That seems it like blows I, up very large. <laughs> and it blows you out of your chair. I feel like there's a good story behind this suggestion. Uh, so last year, we get out to Hammers, and we were there a couple days before. Like it, there was like nobody out there. Yeah, and so it was me and Tom and. Aaron from Yore and our buddy Justin Coward and it's just four of us sitting around this smudge pot and it was everything was perfect no no wind the thing was roaring and we're like oh we should probably add some more it's been burning for a while under normal circumstances you can add that to these while they're lit like it's not that big a deal yeah well we had a drain pan from the people next to us that they like that we had been using mm-hmm so and it was like it wasn't an open one it was like enclosed so they go to like dump it in and it like backdrafted into the smudge pot back into the <laughs> dump can into the uh over catch can. Uh, catch can and like blew this huge fireball and like next thing i know i'm looking <laughs> straight up at the sky like it had blown me over in my lawn <laughs> oh my gosh and like we're like we're all just like what happened there and like 
burned all of our like beards and eyebrows and like my hand was burned like the hoodie i was wearing i still have has like this oil splatter like just sh- looks like i took a shotgun to the chest like it was oh the most unexplainable thing i've ever seen we're like all right well no more closed containers adding to yeah at first it was as everybody alive yeah and then it was 45 minutes of uncontrollable laughter. <laughs> oh, my yeah. Have you guys ever put the leaf blower on before? No. It's turbocharging. Right. Effectively, your smudge pot. We do it all the time. Well, we also did that with a pellet grill, which yeah. was a terrible idea we for the record. Might, so we thought we were being funny, and we did it, and everybody laughed. And then this dude, Homeless Bill, stands up, totally sprayed. <laughs> By burnt oil. Like, did not realize that we were basically blowing it all over Homeless Bill. And he was cool. That's who stole the smudge pot. Homeless Bill didn't steal it because he didn't have any way to transport it. He was already gone at that point anyway. But, like, we just had no idea. We just sprayed this dude with, like, burnt oil. And he was cool. Yeah, he was super cool. He He, he had every right to be livid. Oh, yeah. But he was cool about it. So, thanks, man. Thanks for not uh, kicking... Well, actually, you probably should have kicked Zach's ass. <laughs> mine? Like, yours, man. Why mine? You were the one with the... with the You were freaking... probably yelling at me, Oh, more air! <laughs> Turn up the boost! <laughs> Turbskis! <laughs> Gotta get there. Yeah. Turbskis. Uh, yeah, we've had uh, fireworks dropped in ours before. Yeah. There was one year where, you know, that's what all the dudes were doing. Someone who will remain not named might have put fireworks in there the next day when it wasn't lit. That's amazing. So when they went to light it that night, pop, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, Aaron's on his backside. That was pretty entertaining. I've dropped an entire potato in one while it was burning. Oh. Smelled like a state fair for hours. Dude, we uh, dumped a bunch of fry grease in mine. Oh, yeah. Nate had his fry daddy, and we dumped it in there at the end of the trip. That was delicious for about 35 minutes. Nice. Yeah. It was great. Those those things are so cool. Like, Well, apparently they're cool enough that you'll just walk by and but guess, it. But that guess, was cool that... Uh, I was going to say, but guess what? Smudgepotdirect.com... Yep. Will unofficial take, sponsors they check them out get your own smudge pot best customer service in the industry awesome stand-up people over there get you a smudge pot do it because that's what i did and then someone stole it and then they got me a new one yeah so, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was, that was awesome. I, I saw that on facebook that was pretty cool like yeah there was a lot of those post hammers comments you know like we posted that that smudge pot got stolen other people had some other things happen. Uh, people felt like the negative was up this year. Um, but, man, we had a lot of great things happen, too. I was going to say, too. so oh, yeah. that's what... Any- you guys lost a, a spare tire and yeah. a, a box a on the back. Screw and jack. And got some of that jack. stuff returned. I mean... Yeah. We, got a tire, we got a tire on the fluid box, and we lost the jack and the drive shaft. I don't know who would want to drive shaft to your car. It's not like they're going to bolt it onto their F-150. I mean, they might try, but it's <laughs> it's it's going to be an interesting fit. Pretty specific drive shaft. Right. <laughs> I feel like we should start putting like air tags on stuff. 
just yeah. out of well, curiosity then, to follow it around and see where it went. And then sometimes you just have to make an offering to the Jawas <laughs> for a successful race season, right? Yep. You know? It's with right. the Lord now. It's with the Lord now. Yep. And and then he t- you know, a lot of people are like, Oh man, this sucks, hammers, stuff stolen, negatives. I'm like, but it's growing, it's every year is bigger and it's right. just I mean I don't I don't one envy, of the things. I don't envy any of the like I think there's there's always going to be ways to improve yeah. and whatever, but like yeah. all in all, like when you consider how many people yeah. are racing, the billions many, of dollars, right? Are I out mean, there. Yeah. Dave Dave Cole said there was like a thousand and twenty four race entries. Like that's, I think he said double what last year was. Yeah, like yeah. it's and the COVID year was what like three hundred and sixty or four hundred and sixty something like yeah. that. So and they were happy to, about that. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's hard, but it's hard to like. You can't predict that that kind of growth or that kind of number. So it's like, you you do the best you can with it, and yep. there's always but there's always going to be there's dirt bags everywhere. Exactly, it doesn't yep. matter where, what scenario. Like, you know, it's just I think it's a little people are a little more taken back out there because yeah, every you're not out there by accident, right? Like, the everybody out there is kind of uh, has like a common mindset and shares of the same. Except- Except for bro dude in the Chevy Malibu. Like, he was the wild card. The guy that he helped steal the car. Oh. For. Yeah, my, my latest, my, for episode one, doing stuff with Hopper, there's a short excerpt of the little bit of filming I did do of me helping bro break into his Chevy Malibu to steal his. I don't know that you really want to film that. Isn't that, like, incriminating evidence? Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the Lord's hands. Maybe uh-huh. I'll go to jail and maybe I won't, but. <laughs> Anyway, the guy didn't want to be filmed. Yeah. Yeah. So See, that wasn't a red flag at all. That was why no, that's why people. you do film. There's a lot when of a people. guy says don't film me, turn the camera on. There's a lot on, of man. people that don't want to be filmed. And you're like, I should be filming you right now, you see. <laughs> Something yeah. epic is about to happen. Yeah. So I mean it's it's just it's just how it is. And for the most part, like you said, it's it's pretty darn good. Right. Like if you get that many people together for like what is it, the EDC Electric Daisy Carnival or oh, whatever yeah. with the, the unsa, unsa, unsa music <laughs> and everybody, like, like I feel like there's a lot more shady stuff yeah. that goes down there. There's a lot more parts returned and donated right. and shared. Yeah. So PSA, this is my PSA, public service announcement, you know, for good and bad, whatever, you might get it back, you might not, but you increase your odds, mark your stuff, yep. yes. label your stuff. It just makes one more step in its journey back to you, or it proves someone to be much more dirtbaggy than they originally were, so they get to go to a different level of H-E double hockey sticks in the afterlife. I mean, (laughs) whatever you want to make of it, you put your stuff on there, you put your info on there, and you get a better chance of getting it back. So just for those of you out there who don't do it now, think of doing it. And the other thing is, Take your keys out of your ignitions. I'm learning to do that, but it's hard to do. I'm working on it here locally at Hammers. Just take your keys out of the ignition. One more step. I take the keys out of my ignition because I'm afraid that my friends are going to steal it. Oh. That's more like my precaution. Yeah. I mean, that's what I could definitely see after, you know, one or two 
adult beverages being like, oh, we're going to go move smoke yeah. pots around. And like, <laughs> there were dudes in our camp that were with our group that we didn't know or trust. <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't want to walk out here and have my, my little motorcycle gone. Right. Mm-hmm. We locked the dang porta potty. Well, yeah. we, had, we had to do that too because people from other camps were coming and it's like, you yeah, look, this, this, this is, this is ours. This, this isn't community. This, yeah. Like Hopper told the one guy, man, we paid for this. Yeah. Like, right. Lock it up. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's another pro tip for hammers. Oh, yes. bodies are not that expensive. Everybody like, should no. be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, the first, like a couple years ago, we were like, oh, it's gotta be like crazy expensive because they know they can charge a premium. And you're like, you find out how much it is. You're like, it's 150 bucks. Yeah. 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 Bring that right now. And, and, <laughs> and it's only 20 bucks to have it cleaned. We never even had to so, have it cleaned because so we only had three dudes. Yeah, we, we had like fourteen or fifteen yeah, people. Whatever. But if if you had to get it clean, it was twenty bucks for the porta potty or eighty dollars for your camper. Yeah, you that's a do the math that's, there. Yeah, do the math. Mm-hmm. It, it's well, it's and totally then, worth. And it. then we get like extra mileage because like after like four or five days of getting like little mountain forming. <laughs> Well, then you just go and just rock it back and forth vigorously yeah. a few times, and you cause some turbulence inside. You call that the old poopsicle. Yep. Yeah. And then you get that poopsicle knocked down and mixed in with the blue sauce of destiny, oh, and man. you're good to go. Plus, people like us from Colorado, like, the less we have to winterize, because we have to fully de-winterize <laughs> yeah. our rigs, yep. Yep. and then winterize them again on the way home. That's just one less tank to do. Yeah. And when your toilet freezes and then cracks and then sprays water all over your floor, you can just plug it and not have to worry about it for the week. Yeah, That'll be a, a next week's problem. Um, <laughs> hey, I already got the new part sitting on my toolbox, man. So uh, nice. that'll be like a next trip problem. So, yeah, you guys got a couple months of two weeks before your... Yeah, yeah, probably. You guys still got a couple months of... Uh, Thrashing. Frozen tundra up here before. Oh my it, gosh, oh, it's so awful. It's, it's gonna snow the next week. It's all it's doing is snowing. It's so <laughs> annoying. You live up here. What? You you know you, you can surprised? go like an hour the other way <laughs> and deal with. I mean, yeah, but you've got a lot more neighbors than we do. It's true. I'm still pissed about the amount of snow we get in town, and it's not like up here. I will have to say though, like. I never hated it up until like last winter. I started to like <laughs> dislike it, and this winter I fall. This on is my fifteenth winter, and I'm, I'm, yeah, it's but, my fifteenth. But winter. the girls like it. My kids love it. And yeah, but you know, my wife made an ex, or maybe that was you. Who told me? The kids, they're the little freeloading sons of guns. <laughs> yeah, they should love it. They don't have to shovel it. Yes. They don't have to drive in it. Yeah. They don't have to work around it. They get, like they get to play. In it's it. just a toy for them. Nope. Well, that's uh, why you start them shoveling young, so they'll learn. To looks hate like it just a like bunch of work to me. <laughs> well, not only do we just, not only do I have to like shovel like sidewalks and the patio, but then you get like a cramped backyard, and then you're like shoveling off hot tubs, and then you gotta crawl up on the roof because of ice dams, and all your vents get clogged by it because it gets deep so then you're shoveling your roof and then you gotta shovel your shop roof well then you're on the fire department so you get even goofier calls when it's frozen and cold well here's here's a good thing now i'm an officer i just stand there and make all the kids go do the work (laughs) and tell them what to do so like they're the ones shoveling off the old ladies roofs at 2 a.m in the morning 
Um, I don't don't get me wrong. I put in my time. I was that was me. I was up there shoveling all those roofs and dealing with all the goofy calls. <coughs> but now I've, you know, now I've earned rank, so I I get to stand back with the radio and make sure that no one. No one falls off the roof with the goofy calls. The plus side is you fall off the roof and it's like six feet of pow and you're just yeah. like, oh, you just hope that there's no rebar stuck in that or a fence post. Oh, or man, like you had to go there. Because <laughs> a lot of times there is. Oh. Little old ladies are weird about T-posts and keeping deer out and then they get buried. So They're keeping their tomatoes fresh. Yeah, even though they don't grow up here. Yeah. Well, shoot, I it's getting late. I know you guys got to drive home. I got an early morning tomorrow, but any any parting thoughts you want to leave with us? No, I mean, thank you guys for yeah. having us. It's, it's uh, always a pleasure. We love listening to your stuff, so it's cool to Sweet. cool to be on it. And thanks for th- dinner. Thanks yeah. For, <laughs> thanks for the, the help at all the races. and we're. Yeah, what else are you guys going to run this year? Have uh, you decided? We're going to run Montana for sure. Uh, in may yep in yep. may um we're tossing around vegas to reno mm. um crandon hopefully that's a tight turn from vegas to reno to crandon yeah. if we run vegas to reno we have by the time we get home we have five days to reprep the car to be on the road for oh, Crandon. Oh, wow. That is I'd a love to see on. that car in the desert, though. I'd be real interested to see Me how too. it does. Um, and then possibly Disney. And um, I, I, I want to go run Havasu. I wanna, oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a lot If of anything, Havasu is just going to be a good family right. reunion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I think that's going to be a fun one just because nobody's ever raced there, right? Yeah. So you've got the sadistic mind of JT. <laughs> you know, J- JT always talks a big game on these courses, and uh, don't, I've don't never, encourage him. I've don't never been him, let. Zach. I've never really been let down by a JT course. Right. Yeah. Oklahoma at Visions last year, not he can't control dust. No. That was like the biggest factor there. But I'm, when JT says he's doing stuff he's never done before and hold on and bring extra wheels and tires, like <laughs> you'd better listen, right? right? Yeah. Start stockpiling now. And he's talking about Havasu and other people are saying like what he's going to have for us at Havasu is going to be next level. Maybe we should try and fit a snorkel somewhere. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, you're just doing forced induction. You're doing like a, a super soaker picker upper. Yeah, so we can force the water in. Yeah, I know. Places where it can't Twice as of. fast, yeah. more times the fun. Yep. Well, it'll be fun to see your guys' car out. Yeah. Um, We're excited for Montana, too. I think that yeah. car is going to be That's a ride at Montana. at Montana. Well, and I'm super excited to see like what you guys can do once you get some time <laughs> to like actually... Spend some time with it instead of like, oh, we're pulling out of a shipping container and then <laughs> yeah. racing three weeks later. Yep. Yeah. So that's, I'm super excited to see where you guys go with this because I think you're going to go pretty damn far. Oh, that's the goal. That's why we we did it. We, the, other, the other thing that it's getting is, is a new brain. So mm. ECU Masters is a, is a big partner of ours this year too. Okay. Um, so that's going to come with the blower. So hmm. it should be... A lot of fun and a lot of learning curve. Yeah. So, yeah. Reasonable expectations. Yes. 
That's the biggest key that I've learned with race cars. And with... Just in general. Reasonable life. expectations. I'd say life. Yeah. <laughs> as, as long as we've still got a smile on our face. Right. And we're still having fun. Remember, kids, the worst day racing is still better than the best day in the office. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't ever forget that. Yep. I, I, I tell that to myself a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. At 9.30 p.m. at Remote Pit 2, that was the motto. And it was very true. And it was effective, man. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> we could have been at our sewer plants at 9.30 p.m. Don't jinx unplugging us. Unplugging drains <laughs> with pitchforks. Uh, it could have been so worse. Now, granted, I wouldn't have had 85 gallons of dust in my throat, but... You would have had 85, 85 gallons of sewage yeah. in your throat. Yeah. I'll we, take dust. Uh, you've... we Still getting over the cough. It's, it's almost gone. Yeah, it's still there. It's never gonna leave, nope. man. Yeah, hammer well, lung is like a permanent fixture. In it's your a life real thing. After, you, after you've been there, microbes in the dust and yeah. blah blah blah. We read about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. thing. The desert, mixed, what is it? Mixed, desert fever. Yeah, yeah. mixed in with valley you know, fever. Whatever valley is fever. out there from twenty nine palms from the last yeah hundred years of Dude, dropping and the palms. quality diet that we eat and drink while we're out there president yes. eisenhower was like mixing some weird shit and those gis were like how dare it. you talk bad about such an excellent president hey i like ike you should any but they, let's the u.s wasn't known for its up and comingness oh man with <laughs> its technological advancements back then like we didn't really know much about nuclear stuff. On that way off total tangent, <laughs> we probably ought to wrap it up. Well, once again, you guys, thanks for coming up. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we, we got some more guests lined up the next couple weeks. We got a whole list. Yep, we got a, we got a list. And, it gets uh, better from here. They were really scraping the barrel. That's how we ended up here tonight. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm always in, surprised by like how many people when we talk to or they want to come on. Like, oh yeah, we'll drive two hours over a mountain pass well, and go to dinner is, with you guys. This and, is the second or third attempt that we've right. We've we've <laughs> we've we actually were up this. here. We were up here for another while you guys were doing a podcast, and then we. Got carried away and never we'd like never <laughs> hit right. record. Yeah, we should have just hit record right away and it would have yeah. been fine. Well, but. and we also did a, like a two hour pre podcast at dinner tonight, <laughs> yeah. where we talked about all the things that we can't talk about on the podcast. Yeah, some stuff's just not uh, family or political friendly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a great evening. Uh, like I said, stay tuned for next week. We'll be back with another episode. We're trying to get uh, back on that. Back on that routine and that horse of having an episode out every week. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate all the feedback we got last week. I had a lot of people ask me which vendors we had issues with and who they shouldn't use. I'm not going to lie. I'm really reluctant, guys, to just throw a bunch of people under the bus. But hit me up, and, and we'll talk, and we'll have a little chat. But I love the feedback. It makes me happy that you guys actually listen you're rambling zach i know also we know that. oh our, my gosh we know that our wives are listening because they they commented on our facebook feed this week yeah you got in trouble got i uh, it's okay i've been in trouble yeah, too yeah we had to clarify we things. it's okay to be in trouble with our wives because that's part of being married 
But let's stop before we get into any more trouble. I mean, I think you need to get into some trouble tonight. No, man. no. All, All right. right. Well, on that on that other terrible tangent, <laughs> thanks for tuning in this week. Hope you guys have a good week. And uh, don't forget, time change next week. For those of you that are unfortunate enough to live in a daylight savings yes. time zone. Yeah. See you guys next week. You've been listening to The Pit Guys. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. We'll see you at the races.